1: Hey everybody, welcome back and happy new year to a new episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And it is the new year. It's 2015. Happy New Year! <laughs> Those are Those fireworks. Are fireworks. <coughs> <Yeah>. <coughs> Sparkling across the sky. Those uh, are good sound effects. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, they're thanks. really good. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I missed it. I know, I did too. It's been a while. Um, I had a good uh, Christmas for those that celebrate Christmas. I think anything magic related, but uh, that's okay.
2: I didn't get anything magic related
1: either. <laughs> I got socks, and I was very happy to receive those. It's
2: funny, you know, uh, when you're, you're getting old, when yeah. you're actually kind of like stoked to get socks.
1: Yeah. Because your old socks are old, slash, like, you've missed half the pairs now. But when
2: you're you're a kid, you're like, socks? Socks, yeah. I wanted something cool. And when you're an adult, you're like, sweet, I need, I totally need socks. Oh, these are the compression kind that make your foot feel like they're being (laughs)
1: hugged all the time. Yeah, what happened happened to us, man? What happened to us? So we're going to start off with uh, just a little, uh, well, today we're talking about Fate Reforged spoilers, um, and there are quite a lot of them. It looks so
2: cool. Yeah. I'm super excited.
1: Yeah, me too. And I think it opens up a lot of EDH stuff, which is awesome. But before we do that, we're going to talk about some New Year's resolutions. So, some
2: magic-related New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah, this is something that Jimmy and I wanted to do, was just uh, yeah set a res- resolution for the year for yeah. specifically our magic playing.
1: I find that usually I, I try and set a resolution after I like lose a match or play in some kind of competitive format, because I, I think about it, I'm like, you know what? I could have done this better, and I should do this you know, mm-hmm, next mm-hmm. time or whatever, but I never keep myself to it. So my Magic the Gathering New Year's resolution is to take my time when I play.
0: And slow it I, down a little? Yeah, slow
1: it down. Like, don't feel like you're being rushed, um, which I think actually happens a lot in Commander because it takes so long for the turn to get around to you that by the time it gets to you, you've forgotten either what you're going to do or something changed <laughs> so drastically that right. your plan is completely different or you're about to do like a 10-minute combo. So, you, you know, don't feel rushed, but don't slow play either. I think it's, that's a
2: really good one, too, especially for like, you know, you know, I've been doing more competitive stuff. And yeah. in that realm, it's very important to make sure that you, you know, play at a deliberate pace. Yeah, because it's really easy to just get excited, you know, draw your card before you do something you're supposed to or, you know, oh, Right, play something before you really looked at the card you drew and changed yeah. your plans because of it. Like, yeah, it's it's that's a good one. That's a really good one.
1: Yeah, something I heard that a lot of pros do, I guess, is uh, they'll plan out their whole turn before they even play their first card, so uh-huh. they don't go through each phase. They, you know, they sort of envision what's going to happen. They know what they're going to try and do the whole time. Mm-hmm. That can change in uh, obviously multiplayer more because a lot of stuff can happen. But I feel like that's really effective. Instead of being like, oh shoot, I shouldn't have gone to combat. It's like, well, if you think about it beforehand and take a little extra time in the prepping phase, you'll save yourself a lot of heartache later.
2: Yeah, something as we've played more competitively too, I've made sure to do, which is just announce my change of phases because yeah. it to me, that makes me slow down. So I'm like, okay, upkeep. And then it makes my brain go, is there anything I need to do during upkeep? <laughs> okay, you know... Main phase. Yeah. Okay. Go to combat. Like, I just announce those things. Even if I'm not doing anything, it just triggers, you know, my mind, like, constantly aware of where I'm at. And it it gives me chances to remember things I might forget otherwise, like triggers and things. So that's a good point. There
1: is actually, there are two main phases. I oftentimes forget that. Second main, and then, you
2: know, blah, blah, blah. End step. You Mm -hmm. know, saying end step on your opponent's end step, too, just gives you the chance to remember triggers. Yeah. yeah, It's also
1: important because if you go to combat and you just turn all your guys sideways and someone's like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Or like, you're turning one specific person sideways. If Someone can be like, "Hold on, I need to tap one person down now. I know who to tap down because you've already indicated yes, who you're attacking with." Yes, yes, it's very
2: good room. to just announce, "Okay, go to combat," and then yeah. look at them. It also makes them think, like, "Oh crap, he's <laughs> he's doing something tricky," and then they sort of rethink maybe and make mistakes. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's a good policy. Mind games. I like I like that. My resolution, I think, is to I want to make it to a couple pre TQs. Uh-huh. I haven't made it to any yet, and uh, I had a lot of fun when we went to that PP. Or sorry, when we went to the PTQ, yeah. Um, and so I want I wanted to do that, and um, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to make it to a regional, but I, that's not a goal. It's just to play a little bit more competitive Magic. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we did it a little specifically limited, or do you are you going to delve into standard again? I, I I will delve into standard probably, but I mean, I enjoy limited better, and yeah. it's just it's more it's it's easier from how I play Magic. Like I don't have time to play test the standard decks as much as I would need to um, mm-hmm. to do it. So between EDH and, and, and yeah, and I man. just enjoy limited competitively more. So it's probably going to I'll probably skew towards limited but I'll play some standard. Okay. Well, you know, let me know when you're gone. I would say I wish they had Commander pre-TQs <laughs> and stuff so, but I don't because it's just the format's not made for that. I it's love not, Commander. Yeah. I love, you know, sitting around on a Tuesday night with friends and playing it but it's not good for a tournament setting. No,
1: uh, that would be a judge would be called very often for that game more than anything <laughs> else I think.
2: All right, so jumping into Oh, oh wait. Oh. Oh, we have a contest that we've been we running. We have a contest. We had a really good um, Turnout, yeah. Yeah, really good turnout. We had something like 63 Three reviews. 63 reviews yeah. on iTunes, so thank you everybody who filled out reviews on iTunes and said nice things. We're going to announce the winners at the end of this episode. But That's I do want to say said. this contest is going to be ongoing into next week. Mm-hmm. So, anybody who who's already filled out a review that doesn't win uh, one of the prizes we are actually giving away larger prizes this time around. So one's a dual deck and one is a virtual fat pack, which yeah. means it's nine packs. it's uh, it's nine boosters. It's not actually gonna be in the fat pack box, but you well, get we, maybe we could put it in an old fat pack box. <laughs> oh wow, well, look at that. You're get a free box too.. <laughs> and um but anybody who doesn't win this episode, you, if you have re- written the review out, you'll be eligible next week. Mm-hmm. And then anybody who didn't have time or hadn't heard about the contest, if you just fill out an iTunes review for uh, the podcast mm-hmm. um, on iTunes, then you'll be eligible to win next week. Yep. So
1: Yeah, just leave us a positive review, and you will be entered in. So we're going to announce the winners at the end of this episode. And then next week, we have some really good stuff to give away, too. We're going to give away some Commander 2014 products. Whoa.
2: Ooh. Um. And the, and the reviews actually really help this show. They help. Yeah, they yeah. boost
1: when people search for the stuff, so yes. it, it, it lets more people find the show and all that stuff. And it helps our, I guess, our metadata. And all that yeah,
2: nice stuff. it's very helpful to show. It also, you know, helps us when we're getting stuff from Wizards to, th- to give back to you guys, which is mm-hmm. all this stuff is uh, from Wizards. So thank you to them, and um, yeah, so it totally helps us out.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's talk about Fate Reforged. And by talking about Fate Reforged, I mean let's actually say goodbye to Cons of Tarkir. Uh, I'm a little sad. I am too. I, but the draft format, you still get to do it twice. You got to do two Cons. It's in one true. Fate it's Reforged, not pure
2: right? goodbye to Cons, but Cons was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, Cons uh, inspired me to make a new general deck. I built an Anafensa deck uh, just because I have never built in those colors, and I had a lot of black green lands that were just sitting around not doing anything. So that's pretty great. That helped
2: me out, yeah, quite a bit. I haven't played against that deck yet.
1: No, I, you know, it's still being play tested and I think it needs some adjustments.
2: (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll deck tech it. Um, so is Fenza your favorite card from the, from Cons? I mean, Ugh, I don't know. Actually, thinking about it, there are a lot of cards that I really
1: liked. Um, for one, Hardened Scales was like an all-star for Animar because oh yeah. it just sits there and just does work from turn one, and people don't think about getting rid of it, and then they realize
2: how <laughs> crazy it makes your board state. It's um, pretty, yeah. That that's amazing on that, and yeah. because it's it's ramp and everything, like it's crazy. Yeah, um, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Hardened Scales might be one of the better EDH cards to come out of that set. Yeah, and
1: definitely one of the worst limited cards, which is great, you know?
2: Yeah, although you and I tried to break it online once.
1: Yeah, we tried and it was a sad day of redemption.
2: <laughs> what was that other what was the other card that uh, we, we paired it with that um, we were going off with? Retribution of the ancients. Retribution
1: of the ancients, yeah. And then we also have the had the um what's the guy that you can tap and t- delve cards to give a creature at minus X minus X. Oh yeah. I think um, we had him too. Yeah, the we, <laughs> we sort Acropolis of went all Fiend. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went and all then out.
2: through some buggy M T G O we just yep. destroyed our own creatures. That was awesome. Thinking anyway,
1: it, I think my favorite card from cons was actually the fetch lands. Yeah, finally had access yeah, to these true. lands that you can only put one in your deck, sure, but like it's it's cool. Like it's it's kind of the thing where you see it in like the deck text or the deck lists that are like this deck costs so many dollars. you like, where's all this coming from? And you look at the fetch lands, you're like, oh, but yeah,
2: now, uh, yeah, uh, the tri lands actually, I would say for me, like I put right the tri-lands. like nearly every one of my decks got at least one tri land, you uh-huh. know, the five color decks got five new lands. Which is a huge boon for the, and I have like three five color decks. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would say that just the lands and cons were like my favorite thing, which a lot of them are back. So that's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clever Impersonator is also a standout. Uh, oh, yeah. Because it can become anything. And that's, it feels like it's pretty good in ADH. Um, also a big fan of Rallyclaw Mystic, but that's also for Animar as well. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting. The morph dynamic plays into EDH because you're allowed to morph a lot more, I think. and You have time to do it. You have time to do it, yeah. And Claw is definitely one that you want to do because you can flip it up the next turn and get a ton of mana from it, which is nice.
2: Uh, All right, well, let's move on to the new set.
1: Fate's Reforged. It's been
2: fully spoiled now, so we yep. can look at the entire thing. We'll have there's... the link in
1: the uh, description below for you guys
2: to check that out. So there's three new mechanics. Um, the new, I guess, is the new obson mechanic mm-hmm. is Bolster, and then a number. So bolster yeah. X. Yeah. So bolster. What bolster means is whatever that number is, you put that many one-one counters on your creature with the lowest uh, toughness. Toughness. Yeah. So yeah, it's toughness specifically, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, bolster makes sense flavor-wise because you get you know you're, you're toughening up
1: sort of the right, defenses. Right.
2: So if it's bolster three, you'd look at basically your creature with the lowest toughness or tied for the lowest, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's tied, you get to pick. Yep. And then you put three one one counters on it. If it's bolster three, if it's bolster two, you put two one 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 counters on it. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of cards that some creatures do this when they come in. Some instants do it. Some sorceries do it. Some enchantments do it every turn. Mm-hmm. Or oh, bolster steps. every turn. Yeah, 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 that's pretty cool. Uh. So this is a. It's an interesting mechanic. I mm-hmm. think there are uses in some decks. Chasa, If uh, If there's. I don't know what like. It would have to be in black. Yeah, white, black, or red. But yeah. there
1: is a lot of white and black for abzanum in, in that. So. so if there's a
2: black bolster card specifically. Yeah,
1: the only problem is that I, I feel like it's going to be tough to really find where this matches well because it's it's either you're wasting a card to bolster or it's an enter the battlefield effect or you know it, it it'll be interesting. I think whitechaser can benefit from a couple of these cards. It though. just
2: it's not a huge effect in EDH in general yeah. because just like in in a one on one game like. All of a sudden, you have a creature that is plus three, plus three more than it was. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. In, in EDH, it's like, so what? Yeah, I'm just a lot going of times. to
1: murder you with Arc Bond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is oh. a new card we'll talk uh, about, too. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about that one. Uh, Mardu's new uh, mechanic is called Dash, which is very much an aggro come at your face. Could uh, be an Anamar mechanic. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you can cast each of the spells. will have a Dash cost, which is a alternate cost. Sometimes it's the same. Sometimes it's just different sorting of the mana and you can cast the spell for the dash cost. It gains haste and it's returned to the battlefield to your to its owner's hands at the next end step. And you can only do, do this during your main phase. So, so it's sort of it's like It's only on creatures, right? Yeah, so mostly I th- I mean who knows it could be on something else, but I think it's got to be on creatures only. I mean, an enchantment could have dash, but that, that would be weird. Enchantment with haste. Um, yeah, so basically the creature will come out. You can swing with it. Um, a lot of the creatures in the set sort of have an additional thing that happens when you dash them. Uh, and we'll talk more about that when we get to some of those cards. But yeah, dash, it seems interesting. Um, it's cool because you get to bounce the card back to your hand if it's unblocked, and you can re-up on sort of enter the battlefield Or even effects. if it's blocked and it doesn't die. It's yeah, just that
2: yeah. At the Yeah, at your end step, it just comes back to your hand, so it yep. doesn't stay on the board, mm-hmm. which is usually a downside. But dash can be an upside because well, Animar, for one cares about every time you cast a creature. Something like Perforos, yep. yeah, um, cares about any time a creature enters the battlefield. Yeah, um, I think, wonder if Animar actually affects the dash cost.
1: That'd be interesting if he lowers that as well. I think he doesn't because it's an alternate cost. Yeah,
2: he only affects the the CMC as it right, were. right. So the number in the top right. Um, and you're right. Some. A lot of the cards have an effect, additional effect, or a separate effect when they're dashed. As yeah, in- and some of them are pretty good too. Yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a cool one, and I can see some uses in EDH. Um, it'll it, it'll be fringe stuff. It's going to be specific to certain uh, commanders. It's not like yeah. it's just good in all EDH decks. But, <laughs> um, and the last one is manifest. Uh, this what? one is really crazy. This is crazy,
1: especially because I can feel it. It's only going to get crazier as it goes on. And this is, of all three of the abilities, I think this is the one that's asking to get broken the most. Yeah,
2: what Manifest says, it says, Manifest is, boy, this is hard to explain. Yeah. Because it's not always the top card of your library, right? Yeah, I I said usually from the top of your
1: library, because that's what we've seen so far. But it could come from, like, sometimes it asks you to create two piles and shuffle them and then create a Manifest card from that. So Manifesting is
2: basically turning a card into a face-down 2-2 creature. Kind of like a morph. Kind of like a morph, but it could be a land. It could yep. be an, a, a spell. Uh, or sorry, an instant, a sorcery, an enchantment, mm-hmm. or an artifact that's not a creature. It can be a non-creature. Yep. The pro- if it's a not a creature, you can't ever flip it up. If yeah. it is a creature, then you can flip it up for its casting cost. Right. So usually it'll say something like, Manifest the top card of your library. And then you just basically take the top card of your library and you put it face down as a 2-2 two, two creature. And now you can look at it to find out what it is exactly. Yeah, and if it is a creature, you can flip it up for its casting costs. And if mm-hmm. it's not, it's just a 2-2 creature that you got onto the battlefield, quote-unquote, for free. Yeah, and now this is crazy because, one, there are cards that say, like, manifest the top two cards or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. And if there's a way to stack your deck to put a specific card on top, then that benefits you a ton. Also, it's like, it, there's a ton more... There's a lot more deceit in this than there was with Morph. Because with Morph, you knew that, okay... Oh, it has
2: to be one of these four creatures. One of these, yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. in the right colors or whatever. With Manifest, uh, you can actually flip up Morph cards for cheaper than their Morph cost and get the effects. Like, Master
2: of Pearls is one that
1: uh, Marshall talked about
2: in LA. Yeah. I mean, in EDH, it's insanity, because <laughs> I attack you with a Manifested card, it could be a Blightsteel Colossus. Like, yeah. you, if you don't block it, you could die. Yeah. And you have no idea like it could be any car creature in the history of magic coming at you like Mm -hmm. i think there's potential for it to be like pretty insane in edh totally fun yeah you know uh and yeah we have things like scroll rack sensei's divining top Mm -hmm. uh just jace the mind sculptor you know brainstorm brainstorm, like all kinds of stuff to just stack the top of our deck how we want to so yeah it's pretty if somebody brainstorms and then plays a manifest card, you and know. then attacks you with one of those manifest <laughs> cards, block it or kill, just yeah, kill it. Exactly. Like, do something, because, yeah, that's not it's not good news for you. Yeah, well, then they flip it over, and it's just the land coming in. Like,
1: ah. They're like, ha-ha-ha. They're like, ha-ha, didn't want that land at the top of my library anyway. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, because it, it being colorless also gives a lot of other cards, you know, like it makes Ghostfire Blade super relevant mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. too. Um, it, it's really interesting. So I, I'm curious and i'm very intrigued to see where this is going to go because i feel like it it doesn't lead itself to be broken necessarily because you still have to pay the the converted mana cost for the cards when you flip them over or if it's a morph card you can still pay the morph cost as well because it is if that's cheaper yeah exactly choose yeah yeah so i'm interested to see if this a enters standard in a significant way and B, how people really get around
2: to using it for fun times in edh i just see some crazy shenanigans that are not like necessarily like infinite combo broken stuff it's just like you have no idea what's I, coming. What the heck? That could be anything. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there's there's a card that like takes all the creature cards from someone's graveyard and manifests
2: all of them. That's insanity. <laughs> and you can sort them however you want. Ugh, yeah. It's gonna. It's cool. Whatever happens, it's cool. Yeah, it is cool. We also get a new cycle of legendary creatures. They're the the new cons mm-hmm. of each. Um, not the set, but the cons being like the leader of each clan. Yeah. So uh, there's one for each clan from Abzan all the way to Temur. So these are our new generals. Potential generals. Potential generals. Um, yeah, they don't have to be. Uh, well, let's start with Davatar. How do you, how do you say that? <laughs> Daghatar. Daghatar. He's got the cool hat Oh, you hat know, on. you've got to say it with an accent. Daghatar. Daghatar. Dag-hatar. The adamant. The
1: adamant. So uh, one thing to note is that these cards, while they look monocolored on the surface, they actually have inside their text box... Uh, the hybrid other symbols. hybrid symbols, yeah, and those. Oh, we should
2: go over that rule. There's it's yep. what, it's what called the Memnarch rule. Yeah. So Memnarch is an artifact creature, but uh, within his rules text, he has two abilities that are activated and they require blue mana. So yep. Memnark's technically, technically a, a blue general. Yep. So if you have a rule, uh, not rules text, but just text, yep. Uh, it gets confusing because the 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 mechanic extort. Yes. The mechanic extort has a red or. um, Black-white hybrid mana symbol in its rules text, but a a character or a card with extort is not a black-white card because it's within the rules text. If it's in the abilities text, then it it gets those colors as part of its... uh, the colors you can use for the deck. Yeah. So an easy way to tell those
1: apart is rules text are in italics and inside parentheses. They're basically they print them on all the um, like the core sets. They'll always yeah. have like, hey, this means this creature can enter the battlefield and do this immediately,
2: etc. I think extort's the only one that throws a wrench. Yeah, I think in, I in. think it is. So basically, if it's not extort, then any mana symbols in the text box yeah. are part of the. The color that you can use, the color pie that is available right. to you. So, so
1: Dagatar the adamant is a Abzan card because he's black, green, and white. white but his casting cost is three and a white. Yep. Yep. Um, okay.
2: Which well, actually I'll makes just...
1: it really interesting. Oh, just another aside is that these generals are going to be in general a lot in general a lot easier to cast than the multicolor ones from the last set because you only need to have one color. You might
2: build your decks kind of like Dagatar is going to have to be more. White mm-hmm. base because you want to make sure that you get white for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you might build your deck a little differently than a normal commander deck where you need evenly dis- dispersed color. Mm-hmm. Um, let me read them really quick. Yep. Degatar the Adamant, three and a white for a legendary creature, human warrior. He's a zero zero. He has vigilance. Degatar the Adamant enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it. So he's a four four. four. Yep. And then you can play one and hybrid black green and another hybrid black-green. So you can either pay one and two black, one and two green, or one and one black and one green. Mm-hmm. That's really hard to say over the radio. Yeah, that's a lot. I was, I was actually, I was like, can Josh do it? <laughs> he did it, yeah! <laughs> and so you pay that, one and hybrid black-green, hybrid black-green, and you move a 1-1 counter from target creature onto a second target creature. Interesting. So, so this doesn't actually include himself.
1: You don't have to use it on himself. He but can, you but can, but you don't have to. Yeah. yeah. So
2: you can take his counters, put it on to other people, mm-hmm. or take other people's counters and put it onto him. Um, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's tough. I could see this being really good and limited when you have a couple of those plus one plus one matters guys, and be like, oh look, now he has he has flying, and he's got gonna, that touch. Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: And you can sort of like boom, just distribute the stuff to give abilities.
1: Yeah, but in this case, it it is pretty underwhelming. Just because he's a 4-4 four, for four, four that doesn't really... I mean, you'd have it, he's built around me. And plus,
0: it
2: costs three mana to just move a counter. It's not creating one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it, uh, wouldn't you rather just have High Sentinels or that just, for four mana, just put a plus one counter right. on anything? Like, create bigger.
1: one out of thin air? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think Dagatar is really fun for a limited environment, maybe even standard or constructed, but I don't think he's really making the cut in terms of EDH unless you use him as a utility cre- creature inside an Abzon deck. Yeah, I'm just you know, thinking I can like see that maybe happening.
2: Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I don't I don't see him being powerful enough for our format. So yeah. I mean, maybe maybe. If you if you think of some cool ways out there people like let us know. Yeah, for but sure. off the top of my head I am I'm, I'm not coming up
1: with anything. Yeah. All right, our next legendary creature is uh the Jeskai commander, the Shu Yun, the Silent Tempest. Ooh, Asian. Asian or a Shu Yun? The Silent Tempest. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, and I can do that because we're both Asians. So I'm scared. I'm scared of Shu Yun now. He <laughs> I sounds, am. T- do, have you he's read run this card? Okay. Yeah. He is two in a blue for a three-two legendary creature human monk. He has prowess, so that means whenever you cast a non-creature spell, he gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Uh, and his text says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may pay hybrid red white, hybrid red white, so two total. If you do, target creature gains
2: double strike until end of turn whoa this is a real ability this I is I mean a, yeah this is a commander the the closest analog we have is Rafik mm-hmm. and we know Rafik is a very scary very powerful deck and this is a similar ability yeah I can see a deck based around Shuyun that is of similar power level to Rafik it would yeah. be built Differently, though.
1: Yeah, very differently, because you also have access. Uh, they share two colors, with Rafiq, which is white and blue, but now you have
2: red as well. And there's tons of little, like, cheap one-mana spells. And you want spells. more, um, you want a lot of non-creature spells. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rafik's not necessarily doesn't have to have a ton yeah. of creature spells. Not I'd to
1: mention, you can use this on someone else's turn when someone's attacking. You could be like, all right, I brainstorm and then pay this and make your guy, your general, have double strike. So oh, you end up crap. killing like someone. Oh, or whatever. yeah, you know? somebody
2: just attacks somebody and they're like, okay, I let it through, and you're like, well, nope, nope, you just <laughs> <laughs> die then. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's actually I haven't thought about that. It's yeah. any target creature. Yeah. And the crazy thing is with Rafik you have
1: to only swing with one person to get the the boost. In Shuyun's case, anyone can swing and whoever gets So if through, you just have four
2: guys and they only have three blockers, yeah. they could just be dead. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Double strike is super powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. Um, I think this is a good card. It's only three mana too. So any, yeah. any commanders that co- that are cheap like that, you get them out early. Yeah, it's just I can imagine playing
1: this with a lot of cantrips. So cards that you uh, yeah, just cycle you do deck. something, and then you always you draw a card from the card itself. So you could it could be like a lightning bolt esque kind of thing, or any, who? Geez, there's so much stuff you can do here. I mean,
2: with commander damage, you don't have to pump him all that much. I mean, mm-hmm. just like a uh, just like a not good card you wouldn't normally run. I'm just going to use an example like Titan Strength. Yeah, that gives him plus four.
1: Yep, he, and then he gets prowess off that as well. So it's that, plus that's five. plus four. I mean, yeah, oh, right, it's right, plus right. three
2: from Titan Strength, plus one from the Prowess trigger. So, he's so a there's seven. seven, and you double strike him. That's fourteen commander damage. That's one card. Yeah, and that's one turn, and that was that's you can do that on the turn after you cast him because that costs you only three mana with the Titan Strength. So mm-hmm. that's in like Shu can come down and literally just like start destroying people. Yeah, like, you know, you can very easily just double prowess. Double strike, done. Yeah. There's I can see him, once people realize how dangerous he is, I think he can very quickly also get hated out like Rafik.
1: But the fact that you He'll can... He'll change
2: your metagame because he's three yeah. mana. So all of a sudden, all every commander deck in your playgroup will have to get a lot faster because they can't just yeah. not do anything until turn four because they'll die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally. S- I mean, not to mention, there's also cards
1: that have Phyrexian man that you don't need to pay mana for to yeah. cast that boost oh, them true. up. Oh, true.
2: Oh, man. You just so boom, you boom, can boom, 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 yeah. You, you can, can use... literally kill somebody on turn four, not, not very, it wouldn't be tough to do that. I yeah. don't think. Turn three if you have the soul ring. Oh, man. So. It's
1: brutal. and I think I'm going to build him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'll do the group fun means, one. Well, he's... I think I'm going to die to him. Yeah. That's, that's that, what I think. That's probably what's going to happen. Uh, All sure. right. The next one is the Soul Khan. con. It's uh, Tasiger, the Golden Fang. Nice. He's five and a black for a four or five legendary creature human shaman. He has Delve, which we know means you can exile cards from your graveyard, and this will reduce his casting mm-hmm. cost by one colorless. That also includes when you get sent back to the command zone, so oh. you can actually make him cheaper. Oh, yeah. Anytime you cast it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you can pay for the additional cost with the Delve, With delving, yeah. That's interesting. Um, and his ability is pay two and then a hybrid green-blue and a hybrid green-blue, so that's four total. Put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then return a non-land card of an opponent's choice from your graveyard to your hand.
1: Interesting.
2: So he mills yourself for two, and then you then you get a card back from mm-hmm. your graveyard, but an opponent gets to choose it. Now, yep. this is super interesting because of the dynamics of EDH. Yeah. You can choose an opponent. Maybe you've got somebody that's friendly to you at the table, and they're going to choose the best card. Yeah, or just the one that helps them in that situation the most. He also has Delve, so you can eliminate the cards when you cast them that you don't want them to pick yeah. to give you back. Like if you've got a bunch of land in your graveyard, and you don't want...
1: Well fortunately it's non-land, so it would be like oh yeah like
2: a random like no no oh, oh it
1: says non land yeah, sorry yeah gotcha gotcha um, but it's true you can get rid of the stuff that you're like all right, I only wanted to use this once or like I really don't want them giving this back to me specifically Rather you can just delve used. away
2: the, the the sort of yeah. the crappier cards and leave them with no good choices it's like, kind of like your own it's like you're controlling your own factor
1: fiction kind of yeah it's interesting
2: it is interesting it goes really well with um, BDM's deck I think yeah the sadDC deck we spawning. talked about um, yeah before the new year this deck BDM if you're out there I, sh- I assume you are. <laughs> um, well, you already know this, but put this in your deck because it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, he's he's great. I really love that his abilities work in conjunction. The delve actually helps with the selection process of the yeah, other part of the ability. it's pretty interesting. It's also interesting if you run a lot of delve cards in general, like a Treasure Cruiser or whatever, you can get rid of a lot of stuff, you yeah. know, and then pull out tysiger and then maybe stack the top of your deck so that you're releasing the things you want, you know, I don't know. It, yeah. It's interesting. Maybe, yeah. maybe you put your extra lands on top so that he always
2: does his ability and pops two cards in there. You can break this ability and the delve, yeah. I think, really helps it. There's a lot of fun stuff really to be helps. Done. You, like, I can. I It'll be interesting to see but I think you can get to the point where you're literally like, you're only leaving cards in your graveyard that you want. Yeah. Oh, or you're yeah. choosing which cards are in there and then they don't have any choice. They're like, well, I'd love to give you something crappy but you only have these two awesome cards in yeah. there. Not yeah. to mention, every time they
1: kill him, you can just cast him for cheaper and accelerate what you want him to do. Yeah. You know? So, very fun. I think that I would love to see some people that build around that. I I would be very excited to see what what comes up. All right, next up we got Alicia, who smiles at death. That's kind of an interesting name.
2: (laughs) Who smiles at death?
1: Alicia does, uh, because she's Mardu. She's two in a red for a casting cost for a 3-2 legendary creature human warrior with first strike. And whenever Alicia, who smiles at death, attacks, you may pay... White-black hybrid mana, white-black hybrid mana, so two total. If you do, return target creature card with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Interesting.
2: This is the type of effect that cheats things into play, and we know that it just can be broken. And in our Mm -hmm. format, we have things like Sarah Ascendant. (laughs) That's right. You know, we've just got That card. Yeah, usually like, uh, what are you going to do? It's a power... You know, it's a power two, two or, or less, less. Yeah. creature, but there are amazing power two or less creatures in the history of Magic, yeah. and not to mention too, there are a lot of utility creatures that are power two yeah. or
1: less. Like your Pinger deck would yeah. love to get some stuff back, even yeah. if it's attacking someone, as long as they can't block it or whatever. You yeah, know? it's like cool, great, I got my guy back because of just Alicia. getting
2: free stuff is yeah. pr- and 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 like r- continuously reoccurring stuff. You know, but stuff like Saracen is the stuff to really look out for. Stuff that's power in the graveyard is not what its power on the battlefield is. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this this card, I feel like this is a build around me, strong, very Mm -hmm. strong deck. Um, It's also
1: interesting because what you pay is oftentimes going to be similar to or more than the casting cost of the card itself.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but just being able to continuously reuse stuff. Yeah. There's stuff with ender the battlefield effects that are going to like. D- destroy people like this is just this is the type of effect we know from yeah. from listening from doing 25 episodes of the show like <laughs> you can break this effect yeah not yeah. to mention there have to be so many crazy cards that are like two
1: eights or you know random yeah. like that just happen yeah. to have power two or less but cost like seven mana or whatever but are just
2: busted in whatever way uh so i yeah i like that one i might build that one i might try to get tricky with that um and the last one is the teamer con it's yasova dragon claw it yeah, must yeah. be I don't know the lore from the set, but there's some sort of time travel crap going on here. Yeah, is it she's, um, great aunt,
1: <laughs> de- long lost great grand aunt? She's not wearing a bear this time around, but she does have like a
2: cougar, a saber tooth. She friend. is a wuss. She used that scythe thing to kill it. She didn't punch that thing in the face like Serac punched the bear. It's true, that or it's her, it's her friend because it looks like they could be cuddling. Oh, like. oh or, maybe it's or, like or her she's, pet,
1: or she's just done for.
2: Oh no, no, I think it's her, I think you're right. I think she like it's her pet. That's kind of cool. Anyway, <laughs> since you guys can't see the picture, it's her next to like a giant saber-toothed tiger that I'm yeah. unsure if she's killed or uh, if she's riding. By
1: the way, we are in the past. Fate Reforged, the other thing about this set is that we have time traveled back in time to when
2: Concept of so was So it is Siroc's great grand aunt. yeah, great grand aunt. I'm pretty sure it's ant. I don't know why. <laughs> um, she's a legendary creature, human wizard. She costs two and a green, and she's a four-two. This was one of the early spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of combat, on your turn, you may pay one and hybrid blue-red, hybrid blue-red, so three total. If you do, gain control of target creature and opponent controls with power less than Yasova Dragon Claw's power. And you gain control until end of turn. You will untap that creature, and it gains haste. So you can basically use a threaten effect mm-hmm. on a creature that's got power less than her. Right. And um, she starts. She, she starts four. as a four-two, so you can take three or less. Uh, and if you if you bumped her power somehow, which I'm assuming if you ran this as your commander, you, you would do that. Would, yeah. Then you're just stealing huge things and till end of turn hitting people with them and then sacrificing them probably. Yeah. Sounds um, sounds pretty cool. The only problem to me is that
1: I always see cards like this and think like it's it's it is best case scenario for you a lot of the times.
2: Yeah, I mean. There's always going
1: to be something fun to steal, but A, you're either giving it back, or if you
2: have a sack outlet, you can kill it or whatever. And it's one creature every turn, not one creature from everybody, just one creature from a specific person. Plus, there's a lot of decks out there that are like, well, they don't have any creatures, Mm -hmm. so what do you do about those decks? Like, you know, that's I don't know. It doesn't seem super versatile. It could probably be fun um, because it is fun to take people's stuff and then smack (laughs) them with it, and then and and then then sacrifice it. it. (laughs) So. I mean, that's my idea
1: of fun. That is my idea of fun, too. That's why I built the Marchesa deck. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The other thing that's nice, though, is that you don't actually have to go into combat with her. It's just at the beginning of combat, you can steal a creature. That's
2: true. You don't have to attack with her.
1: Yeah, you can actually steal, yeah. like, a Fate Stitcher and use that instead or something. You know, you can steal something oh, that interesting. has the tap ability because it has haste.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought of that. Um, I don't know. I feel like. Uh, yeah, I'm not too stoked. on it, I would though. put her. Fourth on the list, I'd put dagatar as the least powerful. Yeah, Yasova as the second least powerful. Tassiger and Alicia are pretty close. And Shu is obviously <laughs> the most powerful. Yeah, Shu is. I think Tassiger is more powerful than Alicia, but Alicia. Yeah, I, think I a, could be proven wrong there. Alicia
1: may. I, I there's some. I'm sure there's a couple of cards in the history of Magic that are just like being like, Hey, don't count me out.
2: I'm sure, especially know. from early Magic, most creatures had power two or less, and some of them had extremely powerful yeah. utility abilities. So, uh, Imperial Recruiter, the top of my yeah. Oh, my god! And gosh. just every turn it? Every turn it. There's some crazy stuff you could do. Alicia might be more powerful than Tassiger. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I would put those close, but I think Yasova is a noticeable step down, and Dagatar is... I don't <laughs> know. Dagatar is just Please hanging Please prove out. me wrong, because I don't think he's that great. Yeah, me neither. Um. So, we're going to move on and talk about...
1: Uh, there's actually a bunch of cool cycles in this set, and by cycle, we mean there's one in each sort of color. Uh, and of either like an enchantment or a creature or dragons in this case. Uh, and we're going to talk about the siege cycle. Oh, yeah, these are cool. Yeah, and actually, another uh, nice thing to note is that Wizards has started making these uh, cards have modal abilities, which means that they're very clearly showing you the things you can do on the card by sort of separating that them out into separate lines bullet points. Yeah, bullet points.
2: Um, and the sieges, I mean. There's actually a number of cards that we shouldn't maybe mention this under mechanics. True. Because there's a number of cards in the set that say basically. When you play this card, choose one of choose these one, things. Choose yeah. uh, they're kind of like charms. Hmm. Um. So yeah, but we've never. I don't know if we've ever seen modal enchantments like this before. I don't think so, because this is one that hits
1: the the table and stays and keeps that sort of mode that you it keep choose. For it. Yeah, yeah.
2: You, whatever mode you chose, it's it's basically in. It's basically two enchantments, and you just choose which one of mm-hmm. it you you use. Uh, yeah.
1: Go ahead. So each of these sieges, there's one for each of the uh, clans, and they all actually are related to the names of the Trilands in the last set. So the Abzan one uh, is Citadel Siege, because the land was Sandstep called Sanstep Citadel. Yeah. And as each of them enter the battlefield, you can choose either cons or Dragons. And very thematic, very flavorful, and each of them has a separate ability. So Citadel Siege, we'll start off with, is 2 and 2 White. As Citadel Siege enters the battlefield, choose cons or Dragons. Cons, at the beginning of combat on your turn, put two plus one, plus one counters on target creature you control. So that just happens every turn? Every turn. Uh, kind of like uh, bolster, but in this case you get to choose what creature gets it. And dragons, at the beginning of combat on each opponent's turn, tap target creature that players that player controls.
2: Oh, you know I love this card. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is, uh, that's very I love very tapping stuff. I know, right? <laughs> and you get to do it at the beginning of combat on each opponent's turn. Which so. means it's basically kind of like um, Blind Obedience. Mm-hmm. Except for you get to choose every single time, every turn. You can basically yeah. turn off one of their creatures every turn. Yeah, for every player. in the
1: multiplayer game, it's almost always oh, got to so be dragons. It's got to be dragons, right? So
2: good because you get to do it four to five
1: times based on how big your table is, as opposed to just once a turn. You get two plus one plus one counters. Wow,
2: And plus, you it, the negotiation power you have when you've got that is like, dude, please don't don't tap it. Yeah, I, right. I'm not going to attack. I'm not going to attack you. Okay, well, what happens if I don't? Like, what are you going to give me? Yeah, like your are pa- Like just. I don't know. I'm 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 gonna use dragons on this card like every time. I'm gonna be tapping the hell out of stuff. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm I so excited for you... this card. Um it's but I, I could see like there's probably decks, especially if you built like an aggro face deck. Like if you built an right. Alicia deck, that deck probably wants because it wants a lot of low low power creatures. Right. And that deck probably wants cons because it wants to just every turn just increasing the amount of power you have on the board and it's gonna try and kill you quicker. Yeah. That's not a bet not that's it's pretty good. I think all these Siege cards are good in EDH, by the way. I agree. I think they're actually... I, I feel like they're built for EDH
1: more than anything else because they often say each opponent or your opponent's yeah. plural. It's like, oh, you're you you want, you're thinking
2: I have multiple opponents, huh, Wizards? Oh, all right. <laughs> I'll take it. And cards with, with two choices like this are almost always better because at yeah. least one of those choices is going to be better in different situations mm-hmm. and so cards that have versatility like oh when i'm playing against these kind of decks it's good but when yeah. i'm playing against these other kind of decks and, and you're just facing such a wide variety of stuff in edh that having this kind of choice just on the card itself is like automatically makes it a cut yeah. above you know most cards not to mention like
1: that's why we love the charms like from the last set but these mm-hmm. get
2: to actually stay around cuz yeah, they're enchantments so incremental the, the, advantage the, every turn yeah which is pretty great All right, moving on to the blue one. This is the Jeskai one. It's Monastery Siege after the Mystic Monastery. Uh It's two and a blue for an enchantment. Cons is at the beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card, then discard a card. So that's first choice. Second choice. Yeah. (laughs) Second choice is Dragons. Spells your opponent's cast that target you or a permanent you control cost two more to cast. Oh, gosh. Wow. That, I find, is probably very effective
1: early game and becomes much less so later on. But, man, is that an incentive not for people to attack
2: you or target your stuff. Target you. You know, EDH has a general rule, but not always true, but generally is less about uh, spot-targeted removal and Mm -hmm. more about mass removal and things. So I I think Dragons is... I'm not saying there won't be games where you'll want it because specific decks you will, but against a lot of decks, they're not actually targeting you or your stuff specifically that often. They're usually just like wrath of god Mm -hmm. you know everybody does this yeah you know um so but cons is extremely powerful like incremental advantage over the course of turns of basically drawing two cards and choosing which one of them
1: not to mention if you were in a Sultai deck and you want to get stuff in your bin this is a great way to start throwing stuff in there
2: oh yeah and also like i just said that wrong it's draw two cards it's draw an additional card and then and then discard a card so it doesn't even have to be one of the ones you drew
1: yeah that's right that's right um so if you had like, wow. yeah, there, and oftentimes I would draw a card in the EDH. I'm like, man, I wish this was in my graveyard. Yeah. And I wish I had like at least a couple of discard effects yeah. in my deck so that I can make sure it gets there. And it's actually funny because usually at first glance, we're like, discard a card. I don't want to discard a card. And it seems like it's weaker than it actually is. But in terms of what we're doing in commander, that has a lot of flexibility.
2: It's huge incremental advantage over the course of time too, yeah. because once you get to enough lands, you just don't draw lands anymore yeah you know that's just very 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 powerful um yep this card's this card's great it co- yeah. probably belongs in a lot of deck
1: not to mention it comes down turn three and yeah that's that's super important yeah so
2: from very early stages of the game you're just like setting up you're just smoothing out your the rest of your game so yeah. much yeah all right uh another card is palace siege it's the black version and this is the sultai
1: right yep because palace is the opulent palace uh, it's three and two black. So this is actually the most expensive out of them so far. And the two options: cons at the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. Interesting. Just every turn, every turn, at, or pretty every good. upkeep, every your yeah. upkeep. It's and dragons good. at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Wah 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 wah.
2: <laughs> I mean, that, that could be. You effective. say wah 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 wah, but let's say you're in a player with five or in a game with five players. Mm-hmm. That's like ping everybody for two, gain eight life every turn. You only gain two life, unfortunately. Oh, uh, you don't gain that much it feels for everyone that lost
1: uh, life, yeah, that yeah. would be way bonkers. Uh. I mean, you're still doing eight, though. I mean, that's not insignificant.
2: Mm, that's one of those ones that's just going to be like you paint a big target on your back for not that much upside yeah. or on your front, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> you just paint a big target right on your forehead. Yeah, exactly. You're the- going to get sieged by everyone like these people in <laughs> this poor art. <laughs> well, yeah, this one feels like cons because you just get to pull a creature card from your graveyard every yeah. turn. And by turn five, there probably is going to be stuff in there for you to do that with. Oh, yeah. And especially since you're not going to... This doesn't belong necessarily in every deck that has black in it, but it yeah. belongs in decks where you're sacrificing your own creatures, you're reoccurring them, you are yeah. you know, the Sidisi-type decks. It's, it's, it is a very powerful effect. Yeah.
1: It's a little expensive, I think. Yeah. Um, but for that ability... Usually, I mean, there's some cards that cost that much just to do it once. That's so, true. So if you can do it multiple times, then I think this quickly this
2: this card starts out not that great and quickly becomes better and better. This is a card. It feels like um, where for specific decks it's going to be very powerful, but for some it won't be useful at all. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the next one is Outpost Siege. It is nice. the red one, the uh, Mardu one. It's three and a red. Option number one, cons, is at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. Until end of turn, you may play that card. Oh, it's basically Chandra zero. Yep. Uh, It's basically draw an extra card. Yeah. Um, And then the second option, dragons, is whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, Outpost Siege deals one damage to target creature or player. Oh, that can be so... I mean,
1: we've seen Goblin Bombardment.
2: Yeah. And actually, if you have Goblin Bombardment and this, it's doing Ah. two. (laughs) I mean... With tokens, yeah, this is and a, a sack outlet. It's that's a house. That sounds like a very small effect. It is a very large effect, mm-hmm. like especially because it's like, oh, you have a two toughness creature that's messing up my board. Yeah. not anymore. Yep, boom, like, boom, yeah, done. Yeah, it's it's so often uh, red wants to destroy its own creatures to have some effect too. It's mm-hmm. just very. Yeah. yeah. You're going to get fodder for it easily. And after. if you're not that kind of deck, then just draw an extra card every turn. I yeah. mean, it's not draw an extra card every turn. Cause if you don't have the mana to cast it, then it just goes away at the end of the turn, but right. it's close to draw a card every turn. And red doesn't, Really duplicate that type of effect very well. Yeah. Well, not to mention, like, if you think about it, in the ninety-nine card deck, if
1: you're thinking about, like, oh, I exiled a card, but I couldn't play it, and now it's gone forever. It's like, well, you you can't think about it that way because that card may never have been drawn anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So the fact that you had the option sooner than everyone else, and you have two cards, is way more important and th- than thinking about, like, oh, what if I accidentally lose this card
2: that I can't play? And then later in the game, you're just literally, it's just, it's just card advantage. Like, mm-hmm. it's just you're just drawing one more card than everybody. Yeah. On if it's turn a land, you play.
1: You get to play that land. You know. So, I, yeah. I, I like this siege a lot, actually. Yeah,
2: this is very good. And it does, like, especially for, like, mono red. Oh, gosh. In mono red, you're going to use cons almost every time, because you yeah. have plenty of stuff that does the other part, which yeah. ping stuff for one. but and you don't you're have... going to have tons of mana yeah. to play those cards as well. Yeah. it's uh, This is a really good card. Yeah. It's not very expensive. Three in a red is not bad. I, could, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, I, if this
1: saw standard play with a, a tokens build. as sort of like a finisher that was just like, hey, look, you want to block my guys, wipe my
2: board? You're going to pay you for it. You could easily be at a point in the game where you drop that, and they just they're going to die no matter what they do. Yeah, it no matter because how Because I block, just have five guys, so you five either life. you don't block them and you die, or you block them and
1: you die. Yeah. So, yeah. Very interesting. All right, our final one is the Frontier
2: Siege. Which would be teamer, teamer. frontier bivouac, <laughs> frontier bivouac siege. Why do I know how to say bivouac? Bivouac. Thank is you, a... cons of Tarkir, <laughs> for teaching me the word bivouac.
1: Yeah, and Anok is not Inok, and so many <laughs> other small things. Abzan, I keep saying Abzan.
2: It's Inok. But... They... Sorry, wizard, you I... screwed it up. AI, <laughs> my last name Lee Kwai. That's A-I. True. I. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not pronouncing it. Josh Lee Quay mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Frontier siege is three in the green for four total. Uh, cons is at the beginning of each of your main
2: phases. Add Green, green to your mana pool. Uh, what? That's each of your main phases. <laughs> you get, you get this, by the total. way, going back to what we talked about earlier, even if you have no creatures, you go first main phase, add two green. Mm-hmm. Go to combat. Even if you have no creatures, second main phase, add two green. Yeah. So you get four mana per turn with this thing. Yeah, You get to use two
1: per main phase, but if you have a card like Omnath out
2: or... Yeah. Or, uh, what's or the, you just what's cast the something, yeah, and then you cast something in, yeah, you're right, because the two mana from the first main phase won't transfer over to the second main phase but if don't spend gosh, that. my gosh, could you... I mean, this in, in like, a Nykthos-based deck that
1: really wants to cast, like, Hornet Queen... Yep. This gets it out way earlier. Yep.
2: It's just crazy amount of ramp. Yeah. Um, plus, on the turn you play it, if you play it in your first main... It refunds two of your mana, so it really only costs two. Right, because you get if the you second can play If you can use that mana, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, yeah, good call. That's super powerful. Um, oh, sorry, that's just the first option. Oh, that's right. Oh, we're so I got too excited.
1: I'm, I'm still pretty excited about the first <laughs> option. Uh, the dragon's option is whenever a creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, you may have it fight target creature you don't control. And fight is when they both...
2: Both their creatures deal their damage, their to, damage to each, each, other. To each yeah. other. So,
1: But this is one of our creatures with flying enters the outfit, It's really it's weird. it's a green enchantment. Yeah. yeah. I
2: mean, but it's teemer. Yeah. And we're in a dragon set. And there's a giant dragon yeah. blowing things apart. This art is untrue. That dragon is not fighting that other creature. It's yeah, just it, burning the hell out of it. <laughs> it's obliterating it. That's not a fight. And in the background are two other dragons doing the same thing. <laughs>
1: They're not people, fighting. People on the ground are like, maybe we can stop it. It's like, no, nah, I don't think so. Have you seen Game of Thrones? I don't think going to stop those <laughs> dragons either. Uh yeah, cons is definitely a blowout for me. That's awesome. That's so much mana. It's a lot of mana.
2: It's so much mana over the course of just a couple of turns. Yeah. Um, If even if it gets taken out in the third turn, you've generated like what eight mana to use. And then like you said, Omnath, Krufix, there's a whole bunch of decks that are just like, Oh, I'll take that mana and I'll just save it for later. Like yeah, yeah, that it's it's crazy powerful. It reminds me of Braid of Fire, mm-hmm. uh, which was in our Overperformers uh, episode with Wedge um, that basically had a cumulative upkeep and gave you, like, one red. Right. And a- back and then, then two man of and then three would red. kill you. Yeah. This is that type of card, and those cards are... And this is... That was during your upkeep. Yeah. So it's a little bit narrow because you have to use it for, like, instants and things like that. This is during both main phases. Yeah. Ugh. I like this card a lot. Yeah, uh, it's going to see a lot of play in green decks. It's very, very
1: powerful. I think this is probably the biggest EDH playable out of all the cards so far because it does everything you want. And I mean, you can don't build know, the around. red one's really good. The too. red one's really good too. Um, the,
2: and the white one is my personal favorite because I just like tapping everybody's stuff. Yeah.
1: Not to mention, if you guys are playing cards that flicker cards and permanence, you can pop these in and out if you want to choose dragons the next time. Yeah. So true. That true. is a possibility.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, yeah. oh, I want to draw a card next turn. I'll just yeah, flicker it up. All right, so that is the siege cycle. Overall, I'm I'm already so excited about this set just from the cards we've read so far. Even the, the Siege ones... Cycle is really good. Yeah, I mean the black one is a little bit narrow. All the rest of them I feel like can be played in almost any deck that has those colors. Yeah, agreed. white white's a little narrow too. I gotta say. Um, yeah, but I did I glossed over white because I like it so much. But <laughs> I th- I actually think in a white deck you you could just play Citadel Siege just to slow everybody else down. just yeah. to tap their best creature every turn. So
1: yeah, and not to mention it, you it's really gonna make a big difference. It's yeah. gonna be
2: like hey your uh, your Voltron general. Is
1: not going to be murdering one person a turn now. Yep. It doesn't stop someone like Shu Yun, who's just like, I don't care what happens, I'm still paying my mana cost. <laughs> I'll just give this other thing yeah. double check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and finally, the last cycle that we're going to talk about briefly um, are we have a whole new cycle of legendary dragons. So if you guys are in Elder Dragon Highlander because you want some Elder Dragons, get excited. We have overcosted dragons that aren't that powerful, but are really cool. <laughs> I wish they were three color. Yeah, I, you know, I agree, but I think the the flavor, right? The Vorthos.
2: They'd part be of useless and limited if they were three. Yeah,
1: and, and, and like in the past, all the clans were not formed fully yet, so these right. are sort of like the. Uh, the other side of that yeah so the first up is atarka world render for five red and green it's six four flying trample legendary dragon whenever a dragon you control attacks it gains double strike until end of turn i think this is actually the most playable out of all
2: of them yeah it's very powerful uh with kalia or something it's Mm -hmm. just like it comes in tapped and attacking yeah we just build a dragon tribal deck yeah you you totally can do that i mean you could before but now you really can because there's a bunch of common dragons and uncommon dragons too yeah exactly um yep it's a six four flying trampler with double strike that's pretty good it's kind of the teamer dragon Cost seven yeah that's the only problem with all these guys is they are very expensive um the next one is dramoka the eternal it's three uh and was that celestia green yeah, white yep. and uh it's a five five flyer of course legendary dragon whenever a dragon you control attacks bolster two so if we'll recall that means put two plus one plus one counters on your creature with the least toughness.
1: So that'd be fun if you had like six dragons attacking and then you're coming in for a huge amount of damage. It's just two extra damage. Like the
2: last guy doubled somebody's. It's true. Da- double da- all your you dragons. You could have five dragons attack at once and you bolster 10, so. Oh, that's true. It's whenever a dragon yeah. attacks. So, oh wow!
1: <laughs> but the setup cost again—it's like it's going to be hard to get there. Also, in these colors, how many dragons are you going to have in
2: green and white to—that's ha- true. Attacking? This is not going to be. I, I can see five five color dragons coming. That but, would be sweet. Yeah, but and then this, play uh, You're right. If this is your general,
1: who's the big guy? Uh, Progenitus would be your general, right? <laughs> sure. To truly get the flavor <laughs> in, yeah. Um, all right, next, next one. Colagon, the Storm's Fury. It's the Mardu dragon. It's three, a red, and a black, four, a four, five legendary dragon. That's Rakdos, dragon. dude. That's oh, Rakdos, that's right. <laughs> what is the... It's yeah, a, it, it is it's fo- it's Mardu, the four runner, but... right? Yeah. Uh, and it's whenever a dragon you control attacks, creatures you control get plus one, plus oh until end of turn. And he's actually the first card that has dash on it. So his dash cost is the exact same as his casting cost, and you can cast the spell for its dash cost. If you do, it gains haste, and it's returned from the battlefield to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So you could technically do that from the command zone, and then bounce it to your hand.
2: It's pretty interesting because you can. He's a big anthem effect. He gives all your uh, a, attacking dragons plus one plus O. And mm-hmm. then if you don't want him to be oh, vulnerable, all creatures plus one plus O, whenever a dragon you control attacks, it gets oh so plus, yeah, one. like two dragons and a whole bunch of other creatures. They'll get everything plus, would, two. plus two. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So if you wanted to save that anthem effect and just use it every turn, yeah, you and not like have him be out there sitting vulnerable to get killed. Yeah, you could do it. It, um, and in the case he dies, you can actually cast him from the command zone for the same cost for
1: the dash cost.
2: Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, so it's kind of like you uh, can just always dash him out. It's like a little bit. Yeah, Deriv. Yeah, it's interesting to have dash on your commander. I think that's more yeah. powerful than having dash on a card in your deck. Yeah, it gets sucked up to your hand, but at least you get to play it for the same
1: cost. So, you know?
2: so if you had Col- Colagon, uh as your general, are you building a sort of token deck with some dragons in it?
1: Yeah, I could see that having maybe a lot of low-cost dragons as well so that you can really make like use dragon of dragon whelps and stuff? Yeah, whelps and things that can really make use of his uh, ability when he That's comes in. That's interesting. That might be
2: a thing. Yeah. I could see that being a deck.
1: Maybe you could do a, a forthos Storm-based deck and everything has to be lightning bolts and, bow, bow, and weather-based.
2: <laughs> those were lightning bolts. Those were not fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you, you, don't see, you don't want to see those coming at you in the holiday. <laughs> I need to work on my sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: finally, we okay. have...
2: Let me ask oh, you no. about pronunciation here. There's two more oh, after, One okay. more after this, actually. Because uh, I this think is... this is Ojutai. Yeah, I think it's Ojutai. O- o- but it should be Ojutai if they're saying that AI makes <laughs> the A sound. Listen, it's Ojutai. Yeah, it's Ojutai. Soul of Winter. Legendary creature, dragon, of course. It's a five six flying vigilance. Costs five. And wait, wait, I can do it. It's uh starts with an A
1: uh i don't even azorius
2: azorius Azorius. five white and blue slash teamer or jeskai precursor so five white and blue seven total five six flying vigilant dragon whenever a dragon you control attacks i'm sensing a theme here (laughs) tap target non-land permanent in opponent controls that permanent doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step well we know josh loves it yep Tap your stuff. You don't. It doesn't untap. But I don't love it it's because it uh, costs seven. seven. Mana.
1: <laughs> it's like, why don't you just play other cards that do the same thing?
2: Derevi does it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Similar, not the exact same. Right. For much less mana. Just though, put this in the Derevi deck. It's yeah, exactly. Not,
1: yeah. And, uh, but the, th- the things with all these, like you got to have a lot of dragons to really make these super effective, right?
2: Yeah. This is. Five color tribal dragon. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a thing, man. It's happening.
1: Finally, we got Silumgar the Drifting Death. It's a four blue black. What is that? S- uh, Simic. No, Simic. No, no, Simic. No, 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 no. no. no Demir. Demir, that's right. Or the control colors. He's a 3 7 flying. Hexproof. Three,
2: seven? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, flying
1: Hexproof. Hexproof thing. is definitely the most important thing so far. And whenever a dragon you control attacks, creatures defending players control, the player controls, gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Oh, that's interesting. So that's actually pretty solid um, if you're building a dragon deck with If you attack with three dragons and just like, oh, mm-hmm. all your
2: dudes are, I mean that. All your dudes
1: A can't block pretty much and or slash they're all dead. Yeah, that could be really powerful, especially against token decks. Mm-hmm. Um, but since you can only do it to one player at a time, it's gonna, everyone's gonna
2: be like, Did you just see what happened to his board? And everyone's like, "Oh, (laughs) Sillamkar. He is hexproof and flying. So you've got evasion and hexproof on a guy. He's just sort of ripe for uh, Voltron anyway. Yeah. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay.
1: Legendary creature dragons. A lot of fun. Limited bombs, for sure. These Um, are not elder dragons. They're just... No, they're not elder dragons. They're not elders. They're like middle-aged dragon <laughs> <laughs> but they are potential commanders so if you guys uh didn't like the legendary cons to build something around you've got these guys instead all right so that does the it cons are for, better yeah that does There's, it for our cycles we well, now we're just going to quickly go through the colors and talk about some sort of, of the cards of we like our standouts yeah and there are some beastly cards in this set that i think are going to sh- change modern as it stands um uh, definitely going to shift standard like crazy
2: um but there's a guy that's not going to change either of those things <laughs> but he's going to change EDH or I don't know if he'll change all yeah, of it. Yeah, EDH. He's going to come down in some games and people are going to be like, "Oh, he's going to be an overpriced foil, that's for sure." Oh man. Okay, it's Ugin, the Spirit Dragon. He has returned. He's a planeswalker, costs 8 colorless. He comes down <laughs> with 7 loyalty. Oh. His +2 is Ugin deals 3 damage to target creature or player. So he can come Plus us down. two Firebolt? I mean, uh, Lightning Bolt? Plus yeah. two, just Lightning Bolt. He goes to nine loyalty. Dang. His negative X, which is his middle ability, is exile each permanent with converted mana costs, X or less. That's one or more colors. So, he will Jeez. not hit artifacts or colorless things, but he will wipe the board of anything. Basically, you could drop him down for eight mana. He'll have seven loyalty. You could negative X for seven if you mm-hmm. want, and kill him, yeah. and get rid of everything that costs seven or less that's not an artifact or colorless yeah or you could do it immediately for six mm-hmm. and that's going to get rid of almost that's everything most everything yeah yeah so he's kind of a board wipe uh
1: yeah. you can repeatable. build your deck so that you do like a minus three and everyone else gets screwed except
2: for you too you know true true so. and it's repeatable like you could do it the next turn and the next turn especially if you wipe the board so <sighs> there's a good chance he just lives yeah um and then his negative 10 is ultimate is you gain seven life draw seven cards then put up to seven permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield uh, yep. That That's is insanity. Sounds like a. a he's also. That will ball out. Yeah. That sounds like, hey, I'm just going to put a b- bunch of Eldrazi out for free. Yeah. Um, Or Blightsteel Colossuses and crap. So. Uh, and it's negative 10, so you just have to plus two and two. Two twice. Yeah. And he can even take uh, one damage in there. Not to mention, he
1: it. is at least potentially killing something that could kill him uh, yeah. with, the, with the plus with the two. Uh, on the big table, he's going to. I mean, people are going to be like, uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, I think but he's I mean, coming down for the minus X on the big table. If
2: worst case scenario is he's a board wipe, mm-hmm. it's still pretty good. It's an exile board wipe. Uh, yeah, you know, it's oh, a yeah, sorcery yeah. speed exile board wipe, and it's not. You know, it's it. It's also potentially a one sided board wipe because if you build your deck with a lot of colorless stuff or artifacts in it, yeah, it, he won't wipe that stuff away. Yeah, I agree. So in a, like a Memnarch-type deck or... I think if I do build a, an artifact deck, he's he's like the... You have to put him in there because he's just, just not killing the artifacts. Yeah. So it's just a one-sided board wipe. Um, That's very powerful.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he won't get rid of other people's like soul rings and stuff. Right, so. yeah. He
2: doesn't do that, but he gets rid of basically all their creatures, yeah. enchantments, you know... Stuff like that. Um, Interesting. I think it's very powerful in the right deck. It's it's not a put in every. It could no. be. You could just put it in. I mean, for eight mana. <laughs> I mean, you could, but would you? Well, an eight mana board wipe like Fade Retribution is a seven mana board wipe. Yeah, and it's I think an in instant wake is nine. Yeah, it's you could. if if it's just in there because it's a board wipe, it's not that great. But yeah. Basically, he's never going to be bad. Yeah. It's
1: interesting to note that his ability is actually the opposite of Nicol Bolas's on the Flameswalker. Oh, because yeah. he makes oh, you well, lose he's... seven life, discard seven cards, and some other stuff, right? Yeah. And
2: something else that I forget. Yeah. And I could look up, but I'm not going to. Yeah. So Ugin's great. Um, don't overpay for him, though, guys. He's... Oh, yeah. He's... We had some people asking about pre-sales yeah. on him. And Honestly, uh, our buddy Jason Alt from uh, Brainstorm Brewery suggested that that price is not likely to the presale price not sustainable. is not is likely to go down because mm. he costs eight mana. He's probably not going to be played in any other format, which generally means that the price you're paying for pre sale is too high. Yeah. That's it's a prediction, but Jason knows his stuff, so I would listen to him.
1: Yep. And make sure to check out his articles as well, because they always talk about why in the Because uh, he knows about reason- finances and stuff. Yeah, the reasoning behind it. Okay. Let's talk about some cards in the color of white. And the first up, I mean this card has been at, people are calling it the chase mythic of the uh, the set. This is uh, this, this guy. Gonna, this or, is gonna make uh, some waves. Yeah, this guy, or I think there's one other person that can uh, contest him, but it's the Soulfire Grandmaster, and it's one in the white for two two. So just from a vanilla standpoint, that's acceptable. It's a creature human monk that has a life link. Instant and sorcery spells you control have life link.
2: That's crazy. I yeah. don't think we've ever seen that. Um, no, nope. I can't think of it off the top of my head. So if you lightning bolt somebody and he's out, you just gain three life. Yeah. Or if you fireball somebody, you just gain however much life. You probably fireball. about 127 <laughs> life. That's my assumption. And so far, Grandmaster's
1: uh, triggered or activated ability is for two, and then hybrid blue-red, blue-red mana, so four total. Uh, so that makes so far Grandmaster a Jeskai card. The next important, time, you do not have to tap him to do this. Correct. The next time you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your fa- hand this turn, put that card into your hand instead of your graveyard as it resolves. So it basically so, turns
2: everything into a... Life-linking
1: rebound spell.
2: Yeah. So you pay four mana, two two colorless, and then either two red, two blue, or a red and a blue. So four mm-hmm. total. And then you play an instant or sorcery, and the instant or sorcery just goes back to your hand after it resolves.
1: Yeah. That's pretty good. It's insane. It costs four to do, so you're going to have to do it late game if you're casting some big stuff. But if yeah. you're casting small stuff like... I don't know. Brainstorm. <laughs> yeah, brainstorm. You just brainstorm for five mana every, every turn. Every turn. Yeah, and that's I. W- I mean, that's as good as having a Jace out, essentially. Like I, I don't mind paying that mana if I'm allowed to do. If you have a lot of mana, really but what about effect, you
2: know? I don't know? Take extra turn crap. I mean, that's what everyone's thinking. Yeah, obviously, yeah, definitely. This is the infinite combo where once you get up to about ten mana or so, you can yeah. just take all the turns. I think on Twitter, you built why oh, why is she not legendary? I did, and people were like, "Cause of the extra turns." I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, duh. Of course. They could have put something on there that said. If you take an extra turn, you lose the game or yeah. something. And then, you know, then she's fine. You, no, could, you could get her too, back
1: every powerful. turn with uh, the red, uh, the Mardu guy. Oh, no, you can't because of the colors. I was thinking, it's like, oh, that'd be sweet if you could bring her back every single time when she dies. Because <laughs> this this card's going to get
2: killed as soon as it hits the battlefield. It, it You have powerful. to. Yeah. You have to. It's extremely powerful. And just the shenanigans that it allows you to do, yeah. basically casting certain spells like every turn is pretty crazy. What I want to do is I want to Howl of the Horde... <laughs> i want a raid triggered howl of the horde back to my hands uh cast it again yeah. in the same turn and have it replicate like six times well then that howl of the horde would be copied by the past howl of the horde so now oh, you've got nine right. howl of the hordes that oh. all raid triggered and then i'll just lightning bolt and kill everybody yeah or whatever and you gain a ton of mu- yeah ton lightning of bolt too. wouldn't do it but yeah oh yeah and then i'll also be at no you just
1: do a, a blasphemous act a billion times But you kill yourself. (laughs) Hey, go out in a big ball of fire. You're in
2: white. I mean, you can maybe like you can uh, deflecting palm that or something. I don't know. (laughs) Does deflecting palm work? Probably not in that. Yeah, probably. Anyway, um, yes, that card. That card is bonkers. Um, Yeah, it it belongs in a whole ton of decks, especially decks like Jaleva. Oh -hmm. no, Jaleva doesn't have white Um, decks. Decks that have a high uh, density of um, instants and sorceries. Yeah. So I mean, just. Think of being able to just like insurrection every turn. Oh,
1: gosh. Or, I mean, it, it, or wish every card had flashback or, you know, had a way yeah. to get it back from the, the
2: graveyard. It's like, now oh, you do. Yeah. Cause it goes to your hands. It's oh, like, now, now
1: your cards have tons of. Like, it's amazing you-
2: with flashback because until you get Soulfire Grandmaster out, you just cast it. Yeah. And then once you start flashing it back, then you. Yeah, hmm. you can. I think you can bounce it back to your hand before the exal I don't know. Or it could be as it resolves you
1: exile it. We'll have oh, to check no, the rules on that. no, it says the that.
2: next time you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand uh, with turn. It doesn't want you to break it. Yeah. <laughs> still, there's it's still, still a million over. ways to break it. It's, yeah, it's exactly. very
1: strong. Um, All right. Another white card that I wanted to talk about is Jeskai Barricade, which is just one in the white for a zero four 4 Flash Defender. And it's just a utility card that I think can, ma- can find sway into a lot of decks because when it enters the battlefield, you may return another creature you control to its owner's hand. So, so it's kind of like free... Yeah, it's free. You can you can use it as a defender. You can also use it to save your own creature or redo and enter the battlefield effect. There's just a lot of
2: utility. I think that this here's card the thing can give that's you. weird about this card. It costs two mana for an 0-4. Mm-hmm. but on turn two you don't have anything in your graveyard yet to get back to your hand. Right. I mean, but you, then on turn mean on seven the battlefield, on the battlefield.
1: Yeah. Sorry to get yeah. I'm sorry. But
2: even then, like on turn two, you don't have
1: anything for it. You're so not gonna, you you're, just you just play it out. Don't worry about it. If you need but sometimes to have a defender,
2: can, I think you can play it out. But otherwise, you just hold it. It's just one good of in cards. like Anemar. Yeah. You oh, know what this yeah. is for? This is for Manifest. So Manifest, you yes. Manifest a bunch of stuff, and uh-oh, there's a sorcery under one of those that I can't flip up that I want, and I just, just got Barricade, bounce the, the sorcery back to my hand, yeah. and I can cast it Or if it's it like an sorcer- instant,
1: you could do the Barricade and Flash and then do the instant yeah.
2: immediately. Like, gosh, that would be such a blowout in so many cases. Yeah, so this is, um, that's what that's kind of for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. I think for two mana, you can find stuff that does more than this for EDH, but there are uses. Yep. And-
1: um, the next
2: one is... Oh, yes.
1: This is the other chase uh, mythic of the set. Both and they're both white. in white.
2: This is just young Pyromancer's
1: um, uncle, o- older stepbrother. Yeah. Monastery Mentor. Uh, two and a white for a 2-2 human monk with prowess. So whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it gets plus one, plus one. And here's the other one. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a 1-1 white monk creature token with prowess onto the battlefield. He's a 2-2 also. Yeah. So every time you cast a spell that's not a creature, you get... Another monk that also has prowess.
2: He's actually a little different than Young Pyromancer because it's a non creature spell. And Correct. Young Pyromancer was Instance and Sorcery. So if you cast an artifact, he'll mm-hmm. make a 1 1 with prowess the with yeah. prowess on the tokens is kind of insane it's insane they all have the ability to get pumped up like crazy now because they can go to two twos three
1: threes four fours
2: just guy ascendancy yeah the ascendancy harder
1: to do in edh but still yeah I, I think actually in edh i'm not sure how great this is because it is a little build around me because you need to be casting a lot of non creature spells to get tokens out there are better token generators that don't require as much from you but in terms of like an aggro strategy or something that needs to be efficient to kill someone like this guy is
2: i feel like he's just got the power He's interesting. Yeah, in an aggro strategy, you're generally going to be wanting more creatures in your deck, so then that's not even going to turn him on he I don't know we'll see there might be a way to fit him into a specific kind of deck off the mm-hmm. top of my head it's 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 difficult he is very powerful though in yeah. what he does the problem is he does die to a lightning bolt in modern because he he can yeah. only get up to three if you cast one spell if you have two spells to save him then but so does young pyromancer yeah. yeah but exactly. he, young pyromancer costs one in a red and so he's a lot cheaper that's a big difference between two mana and three mana yeah that's very true our, I mean I'm no expert about modern we're gonna have to ask our buddies over at the the masters of modern podcast <laughs> Alex and Ben is that Card good in modern? I'm assuming you're listening. You and BDM, I'm waiting for your answer. I'm waiting too. They haven't, why are they being so silent? I don't know. (laughs) Kind of rude. (laughs) So rude. All right. (laughs) The next card, moving on to blue, is oh, this one's getting a little bit of press. Just because Delve has so changed the landscape of every format. Every format. Um, This is Temporal Trespass. It's the casting cost is insane. It's eight. And three blue, so 11 11. mana total. It's a sorcery. As mentioned, it has delve, um, which means you can exile cards from your graveyard to reduce its uh, colorless cost by one. Mm -hmm. So So this could be three blue. Yeah, it could be just three blue, and it says, take an extra turn after this one. Exile temporal trespass. So you can't do crazy shenanigans where you keep doing it it over and over, but it could be just three blue, take an extra turn pretty good time walk is two blue to yeah do it. it's pretty good um or i mean one in the blue yeah. yeah it's it's good
1: yeah it's definitely restrictive in the way that you have to have blue 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 to do it uh if you are fully delving it but still i could see this being playable even as one and three blue or yeah, two, and two and three, and three blue. blue yeah it's
2: fine i mean I mean, decks you're already,
1: that, I, I mean, like for Treasure Cruise, you're already getting rid of six, seven cards, right? So yeah. like this, you will in the decks that could use this, you're gonna be you're gonna be able to delve away that much anyway.
2: Decks that want EDH decks that want um, extra turns generally either want this card or they like either want another card that gives you an extra turn or mm-hmm. you don't, you know. And this card's fine. I don't think it's necessarily the most powerful. Yeah, you know, Treasure Cruise is basically Ancestral Recall, which is why it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically one blue draw three cards in a lot of formats. Yeah, this is not on that level of power comparatively to the other cards that do similar things, right. I think, so. It's good, uh, you know, it's I gonna be it's, played. Yeah, I think it's just
1: not pushed enough to make it okay. Yeah. Not like super broken, you know. If it was like seven and
2: three blue, or even eight and two blue, it'd be a completely different story. I feel like, I mean, I'm not an extra turns player. Yeah. You know, there's these. There's a lot of players you see and they love the idea of taking an extra turn, and mm-hmm. I'm just not that type of player, so whenever I look at a card that's like, give you an extra turn, that never lights up the light bulb in my head. So. Right. But for some people, it does. And I'm not saying that they're wrong or I'm wrong. I'm just saying like that for like when I see cards like this, I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know? But in general, I'm like that about all extra turns cards because I'm just not that interested in taking extra turns. I'm, you know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't appeal to me. So, but this card's probably very powerful. I mean, an extra turn is powerful, so. All right, next up we have Torrent Elemental. And this one is, is, makes me
1: very confused as to when are you actually going to use it. Maybe you can help enlighten me. But it's four in the blue for a 3-5 with flying. And whenever it attacks, tap all creatures defending player's control to player controls. Which is like,
2: whoa! That's super powerful That's all super by That's super powerful, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and then its activated ability is interesting. It's three and... Uh, Green, blue, uh, green, black, green, black, hybrid mana, so five total. So Sultai. So soul tie. Mm-hmm. Put torn elemental from exile onto the battlefield tapped. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery.
2: So it's specifically combating being exiled, or it mm-hmm. wants to be exiled? Right, delve. Yeah, that's true. Delph. Oh, that's what it is. That you is what it is. You delve it out um, of and your graveyard, and then you cast it again for free. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. the same CMC as well. It's five total. Dude, you nailed it. Because I was like, I don't get this. <laughs> huh. Yeah, so that's what it wants to do. It wants to be delved away, and then you cast it again for later. Right. For, or if, it's you a, know, then it's a card in your hand after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: it sucks because if someone's like, well, I'm not going to exile it now They can play it again. I'm just going to put it in the bin. And you're like, great, I'll delve it away. So yeah, play exactly. It again.
2: They're, at some point, it's a, it's a 3-5 flyer. They're going to want to kill it. Yeah, and it's going to come it's tapping down. all their crap. Like, that's going to be really annoying, especially if yeah. you've got, like static orbs and stuff where they don't get to untap their stuff this is a bomb in limited this thing would wreck house i feel like oh yeah in limited this thing is again if you have a couple of delve cards and you just anything that's free value Mm -hmm. i think it's playable in edh it has a very powerful effect tap all creatures defending player controls is super powerful you have to stack that with effects that don't let them untap but that's not too hard to do yeah it's not too Um, bad yeah it's interesting i think it it has a it has a home It, it does powerful things yeah Uh, The next one... I want to talk about this dude. Meringue River Prowler. He's two and a blue for a 2-1 human rogue. Looks like he could be my cousin or something. (laughs) Meringue River Prowler can't block and cannot be blocked. Okay. 2-1 unblockable. And you may cast the Prowler from your graveyard as long as you control a black or a green permanent. So you can just cast him anytime if he's in your graveyard. So... This is a super powerful type effect in EDH in yeah. Voltroni decks in decks like Rafik loves Uni.
1: this even though he can only use the green permanent ability part of it you know? yeah you can but, still cast him
2: but he doesn't have green or black or he doesn't have black mana symbols mm-hmm. in his text so you yeah. can play him in the Rafik deck yeah exactly he's just can't be blocked and you can continuously cast him you know as long as they don't exile him so yeah it's a very powerful card and a, and a card I think. Belongs in a lot of Rific type Voltron decks because so many times in those decks, what happens is you're like, I just need to draw a creature. Yeah, you know, and then, well, you can always, as long as that guy's uh, in, your graveyard, in your graveyard, you can always in... at least get him out. Yeah. yeah. Um, one card
1: I wanted to talk about, it's also part of a small cycle, are these enchantments that when they enter the battlefield, they become auras with Enchant Creature, and you manifest the top card of your library, and you attach the enchantment to it. And they all give different stuff for each of them. And I think Cloudform the is best one. It's the best one by far because it, it's for three mana, it's one blue-blue. You manifest the top card of your library, you put it in there, and then you attach Cloudform to it, and it gives it
2: flying and hexproof. So for three mana, you get a 2-2 two, two flyer hexproof that Which could potentially become something. A 2-2 two, two flyer for three mana is already fine. Right. With hexproof is like, so you're getting a bargain. And now if you stack the top of your library, so that's a Blightsteel Colossus or something <laughs> crazy yeah. then you can flip up, and if they if they can't get rid of the enchantment, you've just given it. It's got hexproof. It's got hexproof. Yeah, it's pretty. So solid. you can put like yeah something crazy under there, mm-hmm. and they don't know, and then you attack, and they can't kill it, and if they don't have flying, they can't block it, and they could just be dead.
1: Yeah, which yeah. is pretty rough. Um, so I I, I think I like uh, Cloud Form the most out of all of the uh, manifest attached this enchantment cards. Yeah, and I, could, I could see that being played in some EDH stuff.
2: Again, yeah, it, it it's depends. It's the only on one, can,
1: one that has a chance. The rest are not powerful enough. Yeah. Um, for for
2: our format, yeah. Yeah.
1: In enchantments in general, you're usually asking to be two for one, which means someone kills the thing that you enchanted, so you lose two cards and right, only exactly. use one. In this case, the Hexproof gets around a lot of that, which is why it's nice.
2: And a lot of Voltron decks just already want to make their stuff uh, evasive and Hexproof, so mm-hmm. it could go in a voltron type.
1: And the last blue card I wanted to talk about was Reality Shift, just because you get to exile a target creature in blue. doesn't really happen that often.
2: Yeah, it's one in a blue for an instant. Exile target creature. Its controller manifests the top card of his or her library. So they get a 2-2 out of the deal, but... Yeah. Or it could be yourself too. It's to like keep. swords to plowshares. Yeah. Um, in that there's some upside for your opponent, but really you're probably getting rid of something that like is going to kill you if you don't. So Yeah, and you'd rather roll the dice on whatever's gonna pop out the it's other side. It's probably a land anyway. I mean you have a <laughs> 50-50 chance of that happening. So yeah, exactly. yeah, that's it. it's a good card. Um, and like you said, blue doesn't get that type of spot removal. So yeah, yeah it's outside the color pie in some respects. All right, moving on to black. Brutal horde chief. Oof. Yeah, this guy is three and a black for an um uh, three three. Orc Warrior. Whenever a creature you control attacks, defending player loses one life and you gain one life. Not bad. Then he has an activated ability for three and then Hybrid, hybrid Boros. So th- it's five mana total. Three and Hybrid Boros, Hybrid Boros. That's red, white, red, white. Creatures your opponents control block this turn if able. And you cho- and you choose how those creatures block. So oh,
1: God. In the shenanigans yeah.
2: is like, hey, I've got... 20 tokens uh-huh i'm gonna make all your guys they all have to block they all block one of them Wha- <laughs> or jimmy's attacking craig oh my gosh that's right you can do it on anyone yeah jimmy's attacking craig i'm not even involved in combat but you know what i'm gonna five all your yep i'm a top five and i'm gonna make the worst blocks imaginable oh my gosh <laughs> this this alters the the, the whole table whole because table, people yeah. are like well i'm gonna attack him are you gonna mess with me when i right. do that you know yeah. I don't and know. Even, what are you do I mean, for me? And you can instantly
1: remove him. You can still tap it down and be like, all right, cool. Uh, I'm going to do it for you, Josh. And great. And even though he's dead, by the time it gets to combat, you know, great. I can choose all this stuff for you.
2: Yeah. Brilla Horde Chief is, again, it's like,
1: why aren't you Why aren't you legendary?
2: <laughs> Seriously, this could be legendary and it wouldn't be totally broken. Right. It's a really cool effect. But it also has, which we glossed over, but it has the Hellrider effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have haste, but Hellrider was like whenever your, one of your creatures attack yeah um it, it pinged them for one this also yeah. gains you life when you do it. yeah which Hell that's Rider definitely didn't do. very effective um yeah and and again in a token deck it just that's a brutal because you can often have like 40 creatures mm-hmm. you know and it's like it doesn't matter yeah. not only can you screw with their blocks but it doesn't matter it's just as soon as that you turn sideways they do one damage to the defending player, and you gain one life. So now you're not even worried about crackbacks as much. Yeah, And this is also, actually, I guess this is kind of in the cycle, too,
1: kind of like the uh, Soulfire Grandmaster. It's in, it's like the mythic. Yeah, there's a
2: mythic but non but legendary creature. Yeah, yeah,
1: so that's Brutal Horde Chief. Um, next up, we've got the Archfiend of Depravity. 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 Three and two black for a five. five. <laughs> it's a five four flying demon. Um, and it says at the beginning of each opponent's end step, that player chooses up to two creatures he or she controls, then sacrifices the rest.
2: It's like a weird inverted abyss.
1: Yeah, it's the beginning of each opponent's end step. So, their cleanup phase, essentially, they have
2: to kill all their creatures but two. You know who's really mad when you cast this? Who? The guy that has to go right after you. (laughs) Right,
1: Right, because there's like. He has
2: the least amount of time Time to do anything about it. Yeah,
1: that's true. He's like, God, I hope I draw something. Um, You know who's not mad about this?
2: Cigarta. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very powerful card. It's just. And token decks, good night. Mm-hmm. I mean, until I get rid of this thing, good night. Yeah, and 5 for
1: a 5-4 flying is very decent in yeah. terms of stats. Um, it, it would work great in Kalia, too, because you'd be like, all right, I'll just have me and Kalia. Yep. Actually, it's each opponent, so you can do whatever you want. You can yeah. have him and a billion
2: other dudes out. Yeah, you can, you can, ha- you can have a token Boy, deck Boy, this you want. guy is depraved. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's... This is a super powerful effect. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's each opponent, it's... Well, we know. Anytime you read the words each opponent, your ears perk up, right? Yeah. Ooh, will yep. use this. Oh, I like this. Oh, here's the new damnation, quote unquote. It's uh, <laughs> Crux of Fate. Three and two black for a sorcery. It says, choose one. Either A, destroy all dragon creatures, or B, destroy all non-dragon creatures. I wish there was a C all of the above, but there's not. <laughs> uh, oh, C, board wipe. <laughs> dis- disclaimer, the A's and B's were added by Josh when he read that. Nice. Yeah, they were bullet points originally, but I like the A and B. <laughs> so you either destroy all dragons, or destroy all non-dragons, which uh, it's going to be non-dragons ninety yeah, percent of the most, time,
1: and oftentimes this is going to be a board wipe. Yeah, just kill everything. Maybe like one or two things stay standing afterwards. Well, if you've
2: got this in your deck and you've got a dragon or two, that's cool. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but you're not going. I don't think you're going to build around it by any means. I mean, it's a board wipe in black that is not as cheap as damnation, but essentially does. Very much the but same But in thing. The,
2: in the real world, in money terms, it's cheaper than Damnation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There <laughs> it's you go. a board
1: wipe in black that doesn't cost 50 bucks. Yep. Yeah. And that's why we like it. This was also spoiled super early as one of the first spoilers. for. Yeah. Uh, it's going to go in a lot of EDH yeah. checks, yeah. Oh, boy. Ghastly Conscription is the next up. It's a sorcery, five and two black, seven total. Exile all creature cards from target player's graveyard in the face-down pile. Shuffle that pile, then manifest those
2: cards. Wow! So yeah. the, all those cards become two two face down creatures, yep. but you can flip any of them up of for them. their and you know they're creatures costume. as well. So it's like you get to draw all those cards, but then in the meantime, they are all just two two creatures. Yeah,
1: it's for seven mana. That's
2: that's good. This is like game endingly good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, it depends if someone has creatures to do it for, but if someone's playing like Carador, talking to you, Craig, your Gasly Conscription is your worst enemy like this thing is just like oh let me take all your nice little things you've
2: been hiding in there and if you build your own deck like the sadisi deck Mm -hmm. where you're just dumping a bunch of your own creatures in there and then you just do that yeah it's just like i mean i mean the crazy thing is it's like like board wipe right now where you're just dead
1: yeah you don't even care if i mean here's the thing you won't be able to cast a lot of the stuff if you do it to someone else's graveyard um but you don't even care if they die again do you because they were there in the first place so great
2: and you just return ghostly conscription to your hand somehow with regrowth or whatever and then <laughs> cast it again. And then it was like, what? What do you, yep. Are you just like, how many board wipes you got?
1: Yeah. This thing keeps, it's it just keeps going.
2: Oh, and the last black card we want to talk about is Orc Sure Shot. It's a uh, three in a black for a four, two Orc Archer. It says, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, target creature and opponent controls get negative one, negative one until end of the turn. So yeah, you can just spot removal guys with tokens. Yeah, exactly. Like think of a uh, Gisa. Yeah. She's just putting out a bunch of zombies. You know, you make five zombies and kill something. Yeah. So it's not a super, super powerful card, but I think there are decks that are just putting out a lot of creatures. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, Prosh. Oh, yeah. Prosh just gets to just mow down something important whenever you cast him, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, again, like, there's a home in certain decks. It's not crazy powerful, but it, it does fit into what some decks are already doing.
1: Yep, yep. And actually,
2: there's another card called Soul
1: Flare that is is also one of those very specific cards. I think this is in a Kalia deck, above all. It's a four and two black for a delve, four fork demon. And if a creature with uh, flying was exiled with his delve ability, he gains flying. And it's the same for first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, reach, trample, and vigilance.
2: So any creature you exile away when you delve him out he sort of steals, their, steals ability. their ability. He steals their ability. For one thing, cool card design.
1: Yeah, definitely cool card design. In like a Kalia deck, if someone's like, I had to get rid of you know, your Avicen or this, or right. whatever, and they get your graveyard, it's like, great, I'm going to delve away that and this and this. And now I have a, a indestructible death touch lifelink trample flyer. You know, it's like Pretty you, can, good. you can make some that. massive, crazy cool. I made my own
2: Cormanticor. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I could see Chromanticore being in some decks and Soulflare just being like, yum, Why let me not? have you up. Yeah, let me eat you up. <laughs> so we'll see. I, of course, that I think that's dreaming just a little big, <laughs> like usual. This is
2: what EDH is for, my yeah, friend. Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on to red. We have Shaman of the Great Hunt. He's Temur-esque. Temur-esque. He's the Temur mythic mm-hmm. guy that's not legendary. He's an orc shaman, costs three and a red. He's a 4-2, has haste. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a 1-1 counter on it. So he's kind of like gives everybody dethrone, but yeah, it, with dethrone that doesn't to. care if they've got the most life or not. Mm-hmm. But it has to do combat damage instead of triggering when they attack. Right, and he has ferocious... Which is interesting because he is a 4-2, so you're going to... Oh, he triggers to... himself. It's just, yeah. It's weird that it even is called ferocious. <laughs> I guess if you somehow, somebody could make him so he's less than power 4, you wouldn't be able to do this anymore mm-hmm. with just him? Anyway. Until he hits someone and puts the, the, counter, the on counter on The counter on him. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, ferocious 4-2 and uh, hybrid simic, hybrid simic, which is green-blue, so 4 total. Draw a card for each creature you control with power 4 or greater. Okay. So draw cards if you have a bunch of big dudes, which is just powerful. Yeah, in general. and it's gonna
1: happen if they're doing combat damage with him out because he's gonna be giving them plus one plus one counters
2: again. Pro, well, no, he can't go in prosh no. because of he's the colors. A, he's but, like an Anamar esque yeah. character, but yeah. even
1: then, I, I'm, I'm not totally
2: sold. You would have to him. make a token deck that was red, green, and blue because then right. all your dudes are just getting huge
1: yeah red green is, are the colors for tokens really so yeah you could definitely yeah, you do that really down. want
2: white but blue has actually come into its own as far as a token uh, color lately yeah, so definitely. he's interesting i don't think he's as good as the as the white guys no definitely not
1: uh dragon rage is next two and a red for an instant and add red for, to your mana pool for each attacking creature you control until end of turn the attacking creatures you control gain red this creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn so you give every attacking creature you get uh gets fire breathing and then you get that much mana for each attacking creature. So technically, if you're just going to use the mana to boost them, this says each creature gets plus one plus. Each attacking creature gets plus one plus one until then. But journey. really,
2: it's better than that because it, it it you can shift it to whoever wasn't blocked. Mm-hmm. So, like if you attack with 10 dudes, you get 10 red mana. They all have fire breathing. They block five of them. Then you go, well, this guy that's not blocked gets plus 10. Yeah. Um, but you can also, use it for you don't have to use that mana for the fire breathing. Mm-hmm. So you can just generate 10 mana during your combat phase. And if you can figure out a busted way to do that, which there's a lot of them, <laughs> then you can just literally like this is like, hey, I generate a ton of mana. Yeah. Um, which, and... as a rule, is a way to break the game. And we just know from EDH formats just... Cards that just generate a ton of mana are are easily breakable. Yeah, and just slap them with a giant burst of damage, one way or the other. Yeah. The next one, mob rule. Oh this my gosh, the...
1: she's getting attacked by like the monkeys from Lion King. What? It's... Oh yeah,
2: the wicked witch sent out a <laughs> flying monkey. Is that Dorothy?
1: <laughs> I mean, that could be that too. Or I was thinking the uh, the shaman monkey in Lion King that finds Simba.
2: Oh yeah, I was thinking Wizard of Oz. You're yep, thinking, those two, those you're flying monkeys. Ra- Rafiki, not <laughs> Rafiki, Rafiki, but yeah, Rafiki, not Rafiki, yeah, not Rafiki. That Uh, should be an altar. (laughs) No, I think this is pretty clearly Wizard of Oz. I don't know where Toto is. He probably already got chewed up. (laughs) Poor Dorothy. (laughs) She's in big trouble here. She is. She's looking for those ruby slippers. (laughs) It's four and two red for a sorcery. It says, choose one. Gain control of all creatures with power four or greater until end of turn. Untap those creatures. They gain haste until end of turn. Or again, can do the same thing for creatures of power three or less. Mm-hmm. So you, it's basically like a, a cheaper, more fair version of Insurrection. Yeah, you get everything that costs f- that that's power four or more till end of turn, or you get everything power three or less until end of turn. Yeah. probably. Well, I don't know. This could go either way. Yeah, if you're it playing costs two to- less than Insurrection, right? Because Insurrection is eight. Yeah.
1: So yeah. it's interesting. I, I, you know, I could see this being a game ender in many situations, regardless.
2: I mean, if your deck really wants to Insurrection, like for whatever weird deck you've built that like... And doesn't mind doing it twice, you know? Then it probably wants to do it twice. Uh, But in general, Insurrection just sort of put into most, like just generally as like, well, this will finish the game if I ever get to eight man and I draw it. Right. Mob rule won't necessarily do that Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times you're going to take half of the creatures or two thirds of the creatures and then they'll still have some blockers and then, you know. Right. So... Uh, I, I think there's the gap is only two mana, and insurrection is so much better. So, your deck will have to be pretty specific to want this over insurrection.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I, I like it. And plus, sometimes you do want to only gain control of like three or less, or four or more, or whatever. Because you could also be like, hey, I take all your creatures with four or more, and they swing at you. Guess what you have to block with?
2: Yeah, and then <laughs> and then I sack them through. all to my you know yeah. Ashnod's altar or something. So, I like, mean, it can still be good. It's probably good in like Marchesa deck because you're literally playing a card that just takes one creature. So why wouldn't you play a card that will take three take or Take all them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, but I think like in a normal deck, Insurrection is just better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But the, the nice thing is they are both all creatures, so that you are searching for you're going to grab every single
2: thing on the board. Mm-hmm. Oh, this Ooh, next one might yep. be my favorite. Or among my favorite yeah this one is this one's way to take
1: a stand josh among my favorite amongst my favorites this may be in the
2: top 50 <laughs> it's somewhere <laughs> in there it's one of my favorite fate reforged cards <laughs> Ark bond and more
1: dragons uh, alicia is actually making a comment on this it says if you must die today
2: make your death worthy of a legend wow wow uh she's smiling at death while she says it i'm pretty sure yeah all right arc bonds two in a red for an instant it says choose target creature whenever that creature is dealt damage this turn it deals that much damage to each other creature and player okay so words yeah. we just love in general are <laughs> yeah. each other player yeah and each other creature that's great too but no, this no,
1: is, this is actually each player. So this includes yourself. Yeah. So you will get hurt for oh, like yeah, every Oh, yeah, sorry. Each other, other
2: creature and each player. Right. So it does do damage to you. So be careful.
1: So basic, let's say I'm swinging in with a 2-2 two, two, and you're going to block with a 4-4. Four, four.
2: Yeah, then you just... Arc bond. Arc bond my 2-2. Two, two. It takes four damage. It does four damage to every creature and every player. Yeah, that's like a board wipe for three mana. I
1: mean, there's so that's many ways. That's a very
2: simple use of it and still extremely powerful. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. And that's just like the, the most basic you can get. Um. But... If you do crazy stuff <laughs> like I don't know some way that you can deal 40 damage to, you know, a creature or a creatures about to take 40 damage and yeah. you just kill everyone like, very possible. Like, Archbond's one of those cards that just can come out of nowhere and win games that no other card could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You could you could combine this with a guy that forces you to block in a certain way, right? Isn't yeah. It? And then, like, oh, great. Now I can just have everyone die. <laughs> so, uh, one of our listeners on Twitter was talking about this card. We were chatting, and he mentioned a card called Palisade Giant. Uh, the tw- the The listener's name is Robin Corhonen. So, thank you, Robin, for pointing this out. Palisade Giant says... It's a creature. It says all damage that would be dealt to you or another permanent you control is dealt to Palisade Giant instead. Oh my gosh. So if you, you funnel all <laughs> the damage coming at stuff to the Palisade Giant and then you arc bond the Palisade Giant. So let's say you did something like Blasphemous Act, which deals 13 damage to each right. creature in each player. And all that damage gets channeled into the Palisade Giant and you arc bond it. You can literally destroy everybody. Everyone. Now you need a way to save yourself. Uh-huh. But you know, some kind of
1: fog or something. I don't know. There, there are ways. Circles of
2: protection. Or, I don't know. <laughs> don't run circles of protection. If you either, ran a circle of protection? Just so, so you can save yourself from arc arc bond. an arc bond. Oh yeah. my
1: gosh! People like you just made the jankiest deck combo ever, and we all died, and you won because of it. And I have no words.
2: Uh, I'm gonna totally do that. Yeah. this, is so be awesome. this card, I mean, I-,
1: I can see people posting combos for this for the next like year. Yeah, it's There's... just
2: potential power level is yeah. so high. Yeah. I mean, it has potential power of like deal 100 damage to everybody. Yep. Like, you know, there's just not very many cards that can do stuff like that. Yeah.
1: I'd love to see this in in standard. I'd love to see what happens. Like, what if you built this with like a hornet nest? And I was like, here we go, buzzing in. I oh, yeah. Cause Archbon. it deals,
2: it might deal only one damage to each creature and player, but it'd be death touch damage because the creature itself yeah. is dealing the damage. It's, yeah. It, there's some crazy interactions. I just think, um, anyway. It's, it, you can do some fun stuff. Take a look at this card for yeah. sure. Yeah. If you guys have any fun combos, just leave them in the comments below. Yeah. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll
1: talk about them next week. Um, the last red card I wanted to talk about was Humble Defector. Just another interesting red card that. Well, this isn't, it
2: feels like a conspiracy card. Almost. It does
1: feel like a conspiracy card. It's one and a red for a 2 1. And as you guys might know, every time that red wants to draw cards, it always comes to the downside. So, either you have to discard a card and then draw one instead of uh, drawing and discarding. Um, or you have to discard. <laughs> this cards one's in your hands. downside is a little crazy. Yeah, it's Humble Defector. Is you can tap it to draw two cards. Target opponent gains control of Humble Defector. Activate this ability only during your turn. So this, however, combined with like the Jeskai Barricade, means that you can trigger his ability and in response to that, bounce him to your hand, so yep. you don't have to give him away. Yep. And drawing two cards in red is pretty. I mean, it's great because there mm-hmm. isn't that much card draw in general. Um, if you just wanted to tap him and give it to someone else. Then chaos deck. Yeah, exactly. I would love to have a circle of people and be like, "All right, I'm tapping humble defector. I'm passing it to my right and go." Well, it's target
2: (laughs) opponent gains control, right? So if you were friendly with somebody, if you made a deal with somebody, it's like, "I'll give it to you," and then you give back. Give it back to me. It's like we're each getting two cards, but the other three guys aren't. Yeah, and it's like
1: great. Now we have to kill this humble defector card that is (laughs) like giving our opponents an amazing advantage. It's only
2: two mana, so you can literally be doing this on turn three, which is Uh a pretty big thing to just be able to. So you're basically. If you made a deal with somebody at the table, you could draw one extra card every turn, basically, because you're drawing two cards every other turn. Yeah, yeah. So, Helmet Defector is interesting. Um, it, again,
1: just I just thought it was a really fun card. All right. Finally, we're on to green.
2: Oh, yeah. Return to the Earth. So, this is three and a green for an instant. It says, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. Utility. I, I mean, like people it. are already running. This is not necessarily better than Crossing Grip because it costs more and it doesn't have split second, but they're running that type of effect. Mm-hmm. And this just added Or Creature with flying onto it. Yeah. So in a lot of cases, I feel like it's just a replacement for the type of effect you've already got in your deck. But yeah, in addition to Artifact and Enchantment, you also can get rid of a creature if you need to. So it's a flying creature, obviously. But um, I just think that this is worth noting and maybe slotting in as a strictly better card than something you're already running. Yep, I like it
1: uh teamer Sabretooth up next two and two green for four total for a four three cat this guy I really like one in the green he looks amazing yeah right he's got like runes Wait. burned oh. into him
2: this is Yasova's tiger cat oh so it is i think a- it is she didn't kill it she's she was but it is her on. pet it
1: looks like she's like bleeding over here she's like not having a good time
2: is she it f- looks like she's been injured. she doesn't look like she got injured by the cat though why she got her back turned to it i don't know well you know a mystery for another day Yasova, you are. So much of an enigma right now. You got
1: f- If We need to figure you out. <laughs> uh, anyway, Team or Sabretooth's ability, one in the green, you may return another creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, Team or Sabretooth gains indestructible until end of turn.
2: Animar.
1: So you get him to be indestructible no matter what. You don't have to
2: return a creature. Oh, no, if you do. Okay. Yeah.
1: Like, but ah, doesn't it like doesn't matter in yeah. something
2: like Animar where you just want to bounce your creatures and replay mm-hmm. them all the time just to put counters on Animar yeah. and then you just get upside for it too and the Humble Defector right you can yep. just, uh, or if you've on. got stuff like I don't know Elvish Visionaries yeah
1: Visionaries Um, um there's also guys like uh, um, Draining Welk in mm-hmm. Animar that you mm-hmm. want to be able to flash them and encounter something with it So oh yeah Mystic Snake Mystic Snake oh, Yeah. crap yeah.
2: don't uh Mystic Snake every turn that's yeah. just brutal um, actually more than every turn Great you,
1: Whale as well, Dude. or giant whale, or yeah. whatever it is, you can bounce that back and just go nuts. Um, so
2: there's a lot, and he's a four mana, four three, so he's yeah. already just pretty good. Mm-hmm. He triggers a ferocious for those that care about cards. That. Good yep. cards, Card good. I good. There's a lot of decks I think it can go in. Yeah, All it's right. amazing how often just bouncing one of your own creatures is something you want to do. Yeah, even if it's just saving it. Mm-hmm. You know, right? It's like,
1: yeah, th- I think that's something that people overlook. Is like I path to exile your guy. Like no, I'm going to bounce him. Yeah, I'll just bounce him, and
2: then they're like. Crap. Yeah. So if I want to kill that thing, I have to kill the stupid Sabertooth first, and mm-hmm. then I have to exile it because you can bounce something and make him indestructible. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the next one is, this is getting a lot of press. Yep. Whisperwood Elemental. It is three... Whisper. If I whisper it, they won't be able to hear me. <laughs> I was just saying whisper because that's how the wood sounds. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Whisperwood
2: Elemental. <laughs> We're back,
1: guys.
0: Thousand
2: wins,
1: Whisperwood sure. Elemental.
2: There's a... Yeah. That's wrong. You're right. Uh, uh, that that was bad flavor on my part. It really, because that's that that would that wouldn't be whisper wood windy elemental, That'd be windy wood. Windy wood elemental. Yeah, it should really be like. I'm not healing. <laughs> oh god, it's the creepy. <laughs> okay,
1: you read the card. All right, fine. Three and two green for a four-four creature elemental. At the beginning of your next of your end step, manifest the top card of your library. Or sacrifice Whisperwood Elemental until end of turn. Face no, up non-token no, creatures you control gain. When this creature dies, manifest the top card of your library. Goodness.
2: Oh uh, man, it's hard to whisper for that long. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I hope I wasn't too distracting. No, uh, I, I. No, from people listening. <laughs> I hope I was distracting to you. I was hoping that I definitely was just basically looking ev- at it. every turn you manifest the top card of your library, right? Yeah, and then when you can sacrifice them. And
1: every single creature, when it, if it dies, uh you get to manifest the top cover of your library as well. So they get extra value. So like board wipe comes in. Oh, like wow. Boom. Like you can sacrifice with Wood elemental. Everything that's face up uh, dies, and then they, you manifest that But if they cards. board wiped,
2: you'd do that before they board wiped, and they would still wipe it though, right?
1: Right, but you still get all these new manifested cards.
2: Is that how it would work? Yeah. Sacrifice them cr- until, oh, until end, end of, of turn. turn yeah, oh, I gotcha. so it's, it's like, like oh, board wipe, hit
1: it, and then everything can pop back in.
2: Or not pop back in. You just get more stuff. It's like everything stuff. gets a new ability tagged onto it when this dies. manifest. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so wow. that's an amazing recovery. Wow! It's non-token. Yeah. So it doesn't work in your token decks, but still, and it's just basically you can look at it as creating a two-two every turn. Yeah, that's not bad at
1: all. And plus, it's also card advantage because it's like you get to see one more card in your deck, yeah, unless just, you're worried about losing instant sorceries. If you're having mean, creature, you're based, not
2: playing this in a. Yeah, yeah, you have to be heavy creature based because it says non-token creatures get this ability when you sacrifice it. So yeah, you exactly. Just want a ton of creatures out. Yeah, yeah. card's extremely powerful. Um, I like it.
1: Yeah. All right, final green card, shamanic revelation, uh, three and two green for a sorcery. Draw a card for each creature you control, and ferocious. You gain four life for
2: each creature you control with power four or greater. So draw a bunch of cards, potentially gain a bunch of life. Um, just a powerful card, and especially in something like mono green. Yeah, you know where you or just, animar as well. Yeah, animar keeps popping up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, that one speaks for itself. Yep. All right, now we have two more cards. On the home stretch here. Home stretch, yeah. Man, all that whispering. Uh, my
1: throat feels kind of funny. Yeah, good. <clears throat> First up. Oh, I, I like this card a lot,
2: actually. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, Hero's Blade. You want to read it? Sure. It's an artifact. It costs two. It's an equipment. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus two. Whenever a legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach Hero's Blade to it. Um, its equip cost is four. Yeah. So... The equip cost is way high, but you get to equip it for free if you're equipping it to a legendary you just played. AKA your general. Yeah, which, uh, you know, if you're playing Rafik or something, it'd be great to just have him come out and he just automatically gets plus three, plus two. Oh my gosh, you would for swing
1: free. for like 18.
2: Yeah. Just immediately. Because you're also putting swift Boop boots on him, I'm assuming. Yeah, you and then it's like be. destroying somebody. Yeah,
1: so. Anytime you can cheat and equip cost, it's really important. Uh like uh Kikijiki does it with Thornbite Staff. Yeah. Because it's a shaman, so it comes into play and it equips him automatically. So this is great. I think if if you have a Voltron deck of any kind, or even just running a lot of legendaries, you know, like you have a, a if uh, If
2: your game plan deck. is to hit people in the face with your general specifically, then this card probably belongs in your deck. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: I'm gonna put this in my captains to say weatherlight deck. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Also flavor wise, very flavor. Like a pirate sword. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's a hero's blade. Yeah. All right. And the last card that we're going to talk about is Crucible of the Spirit Dragon. Why is this rare?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's just like there's clearly they want a dragon deck to exist, and I'm assuming they want it to exist in EDH because it's not going to exist in any other format. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Crucible of the Spirit Dragon is a land. You can tap it for one colorless mana, or you can tap one colorless and tap the land to put a storage counter on Crucible of the Spirit Dragon. Or... You can tap Crucible of the Spirit Dragon and remove X storage counters and add X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool, but you can only spend this mana to cast dragon spells or activate abilities of dragons. This thing is just so slow. Wow. Uh if you're building in a five-color dragon deck or a three-color dragon yeah. deck
1: or you know, it gives you something extra to do on your turns if you have one extra land in the thing, you can just
2: keep adding tokens to it, but or storage counters, I guess. This card's pretty garbage there's a lot of storage uh lands that don't even require you to put in um mana yeah into and not it to, to mention this is only
1: for dragons spells or like dragon abilities so, womp, womp 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 it could be better if it did it like automatically every turn or something but at this point it's just this is not what you want to open up in like a sealed pack
2: <laughs> i don't even want to open up yeah i don't want to open up in any pack yeah in general yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. All right, All right, let's go to the exciting part. Oh, yeah. wait. Uh, yeah, so that's Fate Reforged. That's not every card, obviously. We just did mm-hmm. the highlights, what we think uh, is playable in EDH. If there's some cards you think we missed that you think are going to make a splash in EDH... Mm-hmm. Then, or even uh, if it's just for one general, that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, put it in the comment section on RocketJump or tweet at us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And um, Now we're getting to the exciting part. Oh, yeah, if you've been on the edge of your seat waiting to see if you've won a dual deck or a whole bunch of booster packs... Or just skipping through until you find out when we talk about this... <laughs> Don't, Don't do that, please. Nobody would do that, right? now. Yeah, right? <laughs> We're all good people here. All right, here. get ready, because if you hear your name called or your your iTunes, iTunes user, user username, name, yeah. then you're going to need to contact us uh, with your address so we can send you the stuff. You want to do the honors? All right. Well, for the first let's wait, wait, I want to oh. listen. All those packs. That's and the then, sound of the booster pack. This is the sound of cardboard. That's the sound <laughs> of the dual deck box. The dual deck,
1: yeah. <laughs> not as not as exciting. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and give away the dual deck first. It's Speed versus Cunning. We got Zergo Helm Smasher versus Arcanist the Omnipotent. Both great commander cards. And uh, who's gonna win this one? Okay, the
2: winner is Hal Lewis. Woo! winner. Thank you for the cool iTunes review, and help again, uh, email us at commandcast at rocketjump.com, and uh, we will send that out to you. Yep, just give us your address, and the next winner
1: is going to win three booster packs from Journey Into Next, three booster packs from Born of the Gods, and three booster packs from the 2015 core set. Lots of good stuff here. Uh, A pseudo fat pack, and the winner is...
2: But It is Zoso Spartan.
1: Zoso Spartan, congrats, buddy, you. Uh, thanks for the positive review. You I'm pretty sure what? that's probably his real name.
2: Zoso? Zoso Spartan. Spartan's pretty Dude, cool. Dude, if it is, it's the coolest name ever. No
1: one would ever make fun of you in school if your
2: last name was Spartan. No, because you'd kick them into like an endless <laughs> well. Slash the swing set. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kick anybody, Zozo. Uh, we've got, so again, Zozo, commandcast at rocketjump.com. Yep, just send us your mailing address, and we'll
1: get the prizes out to you as soon as possible. And another reminder, if you leave a positive review between now and the next episode, which will record, I think, next Thursday or Saturday, you will be entered to win. Again, we're going to be giving away the pre-constructed Commander 2014 decks. If you've already left a review and you haven't won yet, you are automatically entered into this contest as well. So it means you get a second chance at winning. Just for free. That's awesome. For free. Exactly. All you have to do is go on iTunes, find the podcast, the command zone, leave a positive review, and you are automatically entered. All right. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. All right. Now we're at the end step of the show. I like calling it the end step. Josh came up with the idea. Time for our end step. Yeah. End step. Do we have any triggers that we Um, have to My chase is returning a bunch of stuff to the battlefield.
2: (laughs) So I love that. You know, I (laughs) wanted to talk about something cool. Yeah. You know, maybe we should just, we should, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do uh, sign-offs like Limited Resources does, but um, there are times where we want to talk about just something cool, not yeah. magic-related. this uh, Usually,
1: maybe... it's VGHS, but...
2: <laughs> Usually, it's VGHS, although if you haven't watched VGHS yet, <laughs> you I don't know if me continuing to say it will make you do it, but you should. Yeah, and you you
1: know what? You're not allowed to win the prize if you haven't seen it. Just kidding. <laughs> I
2: don't know how we would do the kind <laughs> of background can. check necessary yeah. to... Uh... Anyway... There is a cool podcast I've been listening to re- yeah? lately. Yeah, what's it uh, A lot of people are talking about. It. I just finally got around to it. It's called Cereal. Mm, about the food? No, Serial oh. <laughs> with an S. It's actually a bad name. Uh, yeah. Because it it well, it's about a crime that occurred in Baltimore in like 1999, mm-hmm. and this reporter decides that she's going to try and see if this guy that got convicted for it is innocent or not. And she's going around. It's very. And she's
1: reopening the case herself. She's, yeah,
2: exactly. And she's like interviewing all these people. There was a, it happened at a high school. It's like, but. It, but every week, she knows she's got new information. And then by the end of the show, there's there's 12 episodes. They're all done. They're all out. She's actually getting information because people have been listening to the show. And they're like, I mm-hmm. went to high school there during that time. I've been listening to the show. And I've got information about the case. Oh, wow. So pretty cool stuff happening. Uh, it's riveting. I mean, I, lis- I like got totally obsessed and listened to the whole thing, all 12 episodes, in like two days. Wow. Um, so anyway... Check that out. It's called Serial, yeah. S-E-R-I-A-L. It's an
1: NPR-sponsored podcast as well, right? Yeah,
2: it's by a lot of people that do uh, This American Life, which is another right. awesome show. On National Public Radio. Yeah, so ch- check that out. That's a cool thing, and maybe uh, I'll try to think of cool things next week that I'm enjoying, yeah. and, and maybe we'll just try. One
1: and- thing I'm enjoying is uh, Reddit. Actually, Reddit's a really great place for a lot of discussion for cards and stuff, for Magic based stuff. So if you guys are looking for another place to sort of see the spoilers as it released and like get you know like someone's insight on it as to where it's going to fit in the format reddit.com slash r slash magic tcg is where i've been going a lot recently
2: there's an edh uh yeah Reddit r
1: uh re- subreddit of just slash edh as well and Did I think we really
2: there's... just say reddit is like a thing and
1: it's cool like we don't know that. yeah do you guys know what reddit is <laughs> Have you ever heard of this thing called Reddit, Josh?
2: <laughs> Just now. I've never.
1: <laughs> well, the subreddits are really, uh, really great. Um, that's actually where I get a lot of my, like, I get informed from Reddit, and it helps me sort of expand my vocabulary and helps me talk better about stuff under the show, too. So I have helps to attribute get some Get more of smarter? Get more brain powers. So I have to attribute some of my uh, my big, huge, honking, smart guy brain to that show. To that, Not that show, to, to, to that subreddit. To Reddit? It's, to
2: Reddit. Oh, that's just scary. <laughs> you're attributing some of your intelligence to Reddit? Yeah, I guess so. It's better than 4chan. All right. This is just going nowhere. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for listening. Make sure you tell your friends about the show if you're enjoying it, and uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, Once we'll see day. you next time. Make sure you leave those reviews and win some
1: prizes.
0: Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at J.F. and at Josh Lee Quai. See you later, alligator.
2: Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>